This podcast is part of the Deluxe Edition Network. To find other great shows on the network, head over to deluxeeditionnetwork.com. That's deluxeeditionnetwork.com. Bev's Video Kingdom is intended for a mature audience. Listener discretion is advised. Bev's Video Kingdom really is brought to you by... What the fuck? What's up, dude? One of my renters broke the toilet again. That dude takes giant shits. I know what I'm doing tomorrow. Why don't you hire a property management company or something to take care of that stuff? Because they suck, and they take 10%. You know, our dude Hank owns and manages Heritage Realty Partners. I think he said he only charges 5%, and he visits each property at least once a month. That's right. He's always posting beers from the road. You have his number? Actually, I do. His personal number is 805-451-5734. Perfect. Now he can deal with my renter's big shits. Heritage Realty Partners. For all your property management and investment needs. Hey folks, Dookie Jones here for D. Jones Manure Hauling. You know, my grandpa Asimov Jones started the first ever manure hauling company here in Hill Valley back in the late 1800s. He was passionate about keeping horse shit off the dirt streets of this great town, and he later passed the shovel on to my pa, Turd Jones. <clears throat> Turd gave the old family shit hauler a good wipe and made the transition from scooping hay-filled chunks off the streets to cleaning up the surrounding pastures and farms that give Hill Valley its notable smell. And now for the last 50 years, I, Dookie Jones, have been knee-deep in shit, continuing my family's proud tradition of being the best damn pooper scoopers this side of the Mississippi. Nowadays, you may see my sons, feces and deuce, out there driving the family shipmobile all over Hill Valley. You can guarantee they won't leave one fleck of fecal matter on your ranch or homestead as they load that brown gold into the old stink stone hauler. So if you've got doo-doo piling up and need that fanny fudge moved, call us and we'll be sure all those bum bullets end up in the cow pie factory we like to call the Hill Valley River. D. Jones Manure Hauling. The D is for Dookie. <laughs> feces and deuce. <laughs> Shit, this, shit thesaurus or something? Feces <laughs> and I went to slang words for poo. <laughs> That's so funny. Hey, BVK, it is time for a new movie pod, and we are coming at you with something special. Um, okay, special to me. I don't know about y'all. I, I got a little ahead of myself here, so I'm, I'm hoping that you all share the same love. I think it's pretty special. Like, you're pretty uh, yeah. universally special. Yeah, that's, I mean, it's it's very rare that you find somebody who says, oh, that movie's dog shit, like, or that just really doesn't like it. And if you guys have stories about that, I definitely want to hear, because we are talking today about Back to the Future. We're going with the OG part one of Back to the Future, uh, directed by Robert Zemeckis and written by Bob Gale. Uh, it is a classic of cinema from the 1980s it came out in 1985 uh a budget of 19 million dollars that's insane to me like which that, that seems that's, that's all 1988 dollars that's yeah a lot but of still 
but cumulative worldwide gross of $383 million. So it did pretty well. And it obviously okay. created an empire of uh, a couple sequels and um, merchandising and video games and, and all sorts of mm-hmm. uh, a ride at Universal uh, theme parks. Best, and best ride ever. That's what I've heard. I've heard um, people. Oh I never gosh. got to ride it, and I actually watched the uh, the YouTube walkthrough or like like view of it. Uh-huh. They have like all of it in HD now. Is it not? Is, is it still there? Or is it? Uh, no, no, no. They okay. took it down. I think it became Man. the Simpsons rides. So. Oh, that's right. Yeah, but it was badass. It was kind of like it was, Star, a great ride. it was like Star Tours, but like with just a big mm-hmm. screen instead. You're in that little room, and so you're like your chair moves and shit. It was. Yeah, and I heard like fun. all like the the line and stuff. There was like parts of the plot. They actually had uh, uh, Tom Wilson and 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 Christopher yeah. Lloyd both involved in it. So. Pretty neat stuff. But back to future, guys. Um, I, I, I want to get some thoughts first. So we'll start with the uh, the youngster of the group. Zach, how important or how much do you care about this movie? So this is a movie that's really weird for me because I always thought that it was kind of okay as a, as a youngster. Interesting. Uh, and then I watched, but I didn't see in the theater or anything. You know, it was just right. like one that I watched like randomly. And I was like, okay, that was, that was, that was okay. And then I watched Back to the Future 2, and I was like, this is the one. And I always, and I still maintain that Back to the Future 2 is the superior Back to the Future movie. However, as an adult, I've watched Back to the Future a couple of times. The first one, the one that we're talking about today, I've watched it a couple of times. And I can see why people liked it. I just felt like the 1950s like high school stuff was real over my head and I didn't really didn't really get it and it was kind of boring to me honestly as a kid um and the flying cars future stuff was just so cool to me mm-hmm. so that's pretty much that's pretty much my my reasoning behind it but I I really like this movie I like it better as an adult now that I sort of understand the sort of nuance of like because th- when when you're a kid you don't really understand that shit was that different in the 19. 19- 50s or 60s or whatever it is and uh watching it now i totally get all the jokes and i think it's i think it's great right the the, the fact that they I mean they portray uh uh marty's mom portrays herself as a prude like right. when she's uh in the 85 but then you go back and you get to like see the nuance of oh actually she was kind of a, a wild chick uh-huh. all that shit was over my head yeah. when i was right. when i first watched it and i was just like yeah this is cool you know but um yeah Definitely better as an adult when I actually get the jokes. I mean, sure. it came out when you were two. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, I want, you know, I'm just saying, I wonder when you saw it, right? Like, oh, I mean, probably like 10. I mean, I don't know, maybe even younger than that. But uh, well, you, see, you probably saw it on a shitty TV, you know. Oh, for and, sure. Yeah. On a shitty TV. And so TV. that's the, the spectacle of everything, the special effects is going to have, have me. And there was no like Wikipedia to explain the plot to me. Right. There was no, right. like, I had, no, I had nothing. And then my, my mom wasn't going to explain to me the complex relationship of Marty and his mom. You know what I mean? So it was like, I was just kind of lost in the woods. You're on your own, kid. Yeah. <laughs> Nate Dog, how about yourself, man? So I don't remember the first time I saw this. Um, yeah, I, I'm sure it wasn't in the theater in 85. I would have, I mean, that would have been too early. I'd seen a couple movies in theater, but I this would have been more notable. But. I'm sure I also saw it early, you know, probably before the second one came out in 89. And my earliest memories of it were that it was like, it was what movies were. I mean, it was like magic, you know, in the sense that, you know, and for me, maybe like one of the rare kind of perfect blends of things that a lot of, that I think I've come to not like as much or like not be drawn to as much. But I mean, it's a really compelling story in the sense that like, it's not complex, but it's really meaningful. Um, and there's just enough like interesting points of 
tension in it and, 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 and meaning, you know, like significance to the story. The characters are all like you care about them right away mm -hmm. um, in ways that are sort of, I don't want to say complicated, right? But it's like not, they're not paper, they're not cardboard, totally cardboard characters, especially for a movie that's not trying to be in any way dark or comp complex. The movies, the characters have a little bit of depth or to them, right? You ask some questions about why Mike, why uh, McFly's dad is the way he is and, and why, you know, exactly the point about the mom, right? It's like there's this, you know, what's, what's the, you know, you kind of right away, you're like, wait a minute, you know, why is she put, well, what's the put on about, right? Is she still that wildcat underneath, you know? Is she still that coo Broken by George. Out? So I don't know. There, there are a lot of things about it that I liked <laughs> and on this rewatch saw in that way. But I think, you know, the, the biggest thing about it that is, is, hard to understate is there are time travel movies before this this doesn't invent it but it it's like the birth of the modern era of time travel movies right mm -hmm. there's very few before this they don't have other than some like renditions of the movie of like the time machine there's like a movie that you know it's been remade a few times which has a cool time travel device it's like the you know it's like it just sets off this like this firestorm of of time travel and so the fact they do it so cool, and that's a, such a complex and interesting concept to be able to explore in movies, and I don't is know, a home run right there. And I don't know if they've done the thing where what you do in the past affects exactly. the future. And that was the thing that blew my mind, I remember. So I it wasn't it. like going back to the Jurassic period and just seeing some dinosaurs and shit, which right. is cool, right. but it was like the whole thing about everything you do in the past affects the future. Right. I, this is the first time I saw a movie, and even like I think I was young enough, I didn't really get that part of it, mm -hmm. but it's such a cool concept. Yeah. You guys, you know what I would do if I could go back in time? Okay. Oh God! <laughs> He's got this little hit start on the on the recording. No, but that would that would have been, <laughs> that would have been a terrible but hilarious joke. But uh, <laughs> I would go back and you know mention at the beginning of this pod that we're part of the Deluxe Edition Network. Oh, oh, and you know uh, it is now July. It is. So and, we're still part and, of the year. And, and so he's looking at me. So the pods of the month for July are in a pickle and growing up bananas. In a pickle is a uh, sports talk. Uh, show and uh, super entertaining and uh, growing up bananas is an Australian podcast about growing up in Australia um, as an Asian in Australia. So uh, holy shit, really cool. And I would like Both to food based to send out a personal a personal apology for fucking up last month when I said barrel aged flicks was the pod of the month last month. It's barrel aged chicks, which yes. is another podcast. And they actually do a lot of crossovers and uh, super fun. And they actually do a very similar uh, thing as us. They do a fuck, Mary kill segment and uh, take a subject and uh, do that. So ladies, we apologize. We apologize. For shop, shop. I mean, okay. Ladies, we apologize for Scott. It was my fault. Shout out to you. I don't think Scott's a piece of shit. Like you guys said in our DMS, <laughs> but <laughs> I mean, <laughs> all right. So now we're, we're, we're going to go ahead and, and okay. travel back to the, the present okay. and, and scotch. Yeah, I, you know, I wish I, I could I could travel back in time and and watch this again like the first time, you know, because I did see this in the theater as the elder member of the pod, as you guys like to remind like me often. They only showed like one movie a day, right? Right. You could smoke in there and shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I think guy I playing the piano during the movie. <laughs> for the sound. <laughs> I was like 10 or 11 uh, when it came out and it was just a, an amazing, amazing experience. Um, blew my mind. One of the greatest endings and setups to a sequel yeah. ever. And just, just how excited the, the theater was when 
you know, he's like, you know, we yeah. got to go back, you know, and so and dropping that giant to be continued at the oh, yeah, wow, yeah. I mean, because it's, it's not often you actually get a to be continued on a movie like that. You Especially know? But it's also the, the, yeah, number one, right? right? Or you're just like, man, you're it's already you're, you're really putting all your money on this, yeah. right? Like you yeah. think people are gonna like it, but I can just imagine in 1985 sitting there watching that movie and like even when I watch it now, like. There's some special effects that are like a little a little wonky, but nothing super stands out. You're like, this is pretty good for 1985, right? Right. Good. But at the end of the movie, you get the to be continued, and the car flies. Right. I mean, that had to just people would just be oh, people, losing their fucking. Mind. Yeah, it was amazing because you don't <laughs> see a lot of flying car. I mean, that's yeah. fucking cool. It, it was amazing in the theater, you know. And then and you know, I've watched it tons of times over the years, catch it pieces here and there and whatever. And when he announced we were doing this one, I was super excited. Then I sat down and started watching it, and it's just like, I don't know if I've just seen it too many times, and I just sat there and nitpicked the shit out of it, and I just hated myself for doing it, but I mean, I, I still appreciated it, and I, I have so much love and nostalgia for this movie, but it's, it's kind of hard to watch when you've seen it so many times that you're starting to kind of nitpick, and, 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 and it's like, I shouldn't do that, and I just wish I could just go back in time and forget. Now, much. nitpicking the timeline, or like... There's all kinds. I'm going to get into it later okay. a little that bit. Sounds good. That, that sounds, sounds good. good. But uh, yeah, so just, just little stupid things. So, so, Zach, before I talk about my own situation, uh, I do want to say, like, so with it, watching it in a high def... I was thinking like, okay, like uh, uh, Leah Thompson, her makeup when she's old is yeah. going to look bad. But I looked at it and I was like, surprisingly, you can't really even tell. Like they yeah. they made her up to look old, and it, and it doesn't stand out that there's like a whole bunch of makeup. I mean, it said like three hours to do her makeup. All the, the makeup looks really really good. Yeah, there's one, one special effect that bothered it actually kind of bothered me back then but it's when the car first disappears when they're testing it with Einstein he's standing in the he's fire, standing in the fire. <laughs> like it just his foot is literally in the middle of the track and it just always bothered me I, I know and exactly it looks kind of shitty shot. now the fire looks I've bad I thought that HD. since I was yeah. I was little now this movie for me I know I did not see it in the theater I, I for sure saw Back to the Future 2 in the theater so I was 10 years old then so I know my love for this movie built well before seeing it at the uh, the old Garden Cinemas in, in Turlock. Is that what it's called? Garden? No, Valley? Uh, Vin- Vin- Vinid? No, no. What are you talking about? Turlock? Turlock. Turlock. The, one, the, the only theater in Turlock? The only theater in Turlock. The one behind Taco Bell? Was yes. That? What was that? <laughs> was that Vintage Fair? Valley Cinemas? I think it was, it was Valley. Yeah. Valley Cinemas. I think we argued Vintage, about this. Like, Vintage, Vintage Fair is the mall. One. The mall. Ah, oh, that's right. Yeah. Damn yeah. It. So I think, I think we argued about this uh, a few pods <laughs> ago. But anyway. So yeah. So uh, this movie, though, uh, I know I watched it as a probably seven-year-old, six-year-old, eight-year-old, right around there. Mm-hmm. And it became just a staple. It's like something like we watch all the time. It was just like, you want to put something on, put Back to the Future on. And then, of course, two comes out. And then the year right after that, three. And it's like, it was all, no, six months, I think. It was like a six-month really turnaround yeah. for, for two and three. And knowing that three was filmed up in Jamestown, which is pretty dang close Not to us. Not far from like, here. It was all like, it just, it felt like our movie. It was like our family's movie. And I think there's something to be said about like, if you asked, if you pulled my family, like, what's our movie? I think Back to the Future is going to be the, uh, hands down, the the number one answer. I remember people, like, getting all excited. You know, this is before the internet and all that stuff. But, like, it's like, I saw the DeLorean on the back of a trailer being pulled through Modesto. And like, <laughs> oh, wow. They're on the <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, because they filmed it right up there in Jamestown, uh, number three. And, and so, uh, yeah, I remember hearing people talking about, like, seeing all this stuff. And, yeah. But just a, a perfect movie in the sense that it's got a fun sci-fi um, it's got good acting. I mean, I mean, you could argue about that, but I think it's at least interesting acting. Like, uh, yeah. the, uh, there's characters. There's a lot of choices made. <laughs> yeah, a lot of interesting choices, uh, but just a lot of fun, man. It's like, yeah. it's very difficult to show this. I, I'm sure this to my kids. They like it. Um, definitely, they're not as into it as, as I was or my family is, but, you know. 
they're part of my family. I was going to ask so about eventually, that. Eventually, about like this it. generation, if they if they get it, if they like it or not. They so, like it, but they're not like, hey, let's put them back to the future. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, maybe it's just the fact that we all have a billion options now. But I know right. if there was movie night, somebody in our family was probably saying, hey, let's watch Back to the Future. I watched it with my boys at some point, maybe a couple years ago. So they were probably like eight and ten or something like that. And the part that stood out for me was that they thought it was boring. Okay. And B, they were like, <laughs> I just remember being like, what's manure? <laughs> I was like, it's poop. They're like, that didn't look like poop. That looked like mud. And hey. I was like, well, I mean, I guess it's just, you know, maybe some mud mixed with poop. I guess. I don't know. They were like, they were like real skeptical on like the, the manure was actually like, poop. like, like, like somebody been stepping on the manure. Yeah. You know, they were like, like, they were like, that like doesn't cut, look like poop. Like somebody's cutting that manure with a lot of mud. I've <laughs> never <laughs> taken a poop that looks like that, dad. Probably, uh, there's some fentanyl. Damn Dookie Jones me. cutting his poop. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Is this hundred percent pure manure? <laughs> no, we cut it with fresh dirt. Um, so, uh, there, there's a, a story from Bob Gale, who was the writer of this movie and he says that uh that he got the idea for this movie after looking at his his dad's yearbook and then wondering to himself would he be friends with his parents in high school like would he have been friends with them so i'm gonna throw that question out to you guys real quick. like do you think would you have gotten along with your your parents like uh, if you were a classmate of theirs i i think so i think my dad and i are extremely similar which is the reason we didn't get along for a long time now we get along really well but i think that as young men, we were probably pretty fucking similar. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think my dad would have been my best friend in high school if we had been the same, the contemporaries. I think we have the right things in common. I think we would have. He would have been like, yeah, he would have been my closest friend. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it it, it, it it's hard to say because you know how were they really in high school? I I think my dad was probably pretty quiet, but he was also on the football team. So I think we definitely would have played football together, and I think we would have been buds. Um, as for my mom. You know, who knows? I was friends with everybody in school. I was kind of like, I had all the different groups. I was in band and then I was in ag. And, you know, so I like kind of had all these different groups I was in. And I was also a jock. So, yeah, I think I would have like been friends with anybody. All right. Well, well second question then. Would Wait, you, Brad. Would, you, would your moms would have wanted to bone you? Are you in Ren? Are you in Ren, France? <laughs> I was trying to avoid. No, I, I think my, my dad, uh, he was one of those. Again, he, he was kind of a tweener as well. He was a musician, loved playing music, but also was a, a jock as well but i think he's the type that kind of would have gone along with everybody and, and i was kind of the same way in high school so i think i think we would have i, I think, think we, we would have been cool with each other you could have sure. been in his wizard band his, yeah for sure <laughs> i would have been all about that yeah. but yeah so you, you, you would have been like that guy in those um those ska bands you would have been like the skanker on stage oh yeah just dancing, dancing around, around. Oh, i do like oh Dude, running the spells running the laser a big, and the a big staff yeah. for sure <laughs> So, uh, moms, would they have wanted to, uh, to get with you? I don't think so. I think my mom was like super cool. She was like head cheerleader, like super cool chick. And I think she probably wouldn't. I would. I don't think I was that cool. <laughs> I, think she, <laughs> absurd question. I, I think Zach's mom would want to get with me. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. There it is. Nate's oh, so happy because Wendy. he knows she's going to listen to this. <laughs> if you're listening, Wendy, which you are. Oh, my God. She's blushing right now because she knows. She knows that's true. <laughs> Uh, I'm not answering this. Fucking question. <laughs> so uh, what a wild premise though for a movie. I mean, the fact yeah. that it's like, I mean, it does involve some, some weird incest. Uh, he does kiss his mom, but they kind of instantly get the feeling that it isn't right. There's, his mom kisses him. Well, okay. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. They don't kiss he each other. He knows it's his mom. <laughs> right. <laughs> if, he went, if he went for it, then we'd have a problem. I mean, problem. Leah Thompson is freaking hot, but yeah. I mean, it's still your mom, bro. You got to be like, all right. 
Yeah. You gotta play the long game here. But what if the what if the <laughs> twist at the end was that he's his dad? He's his own dad. Oh, I don't think oh. he gets a part two. I really don't. <laughs> you should have saved. You should have saved that for alternate endings, dude. Damn oh, it. you missed. That's a big miss, right? Yeah, there. What's going on? Right, there let's, might let's be cut some that out. I'm gonna add that at the end. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Robert Zemeckis, uh, a legend of cinema, directed this thing. Should we uh, bring him in to t- talk for a little bit, dude? Same guy that did. Oh, we're, I guess we're gonna talk about it right now. Let's 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 move. <laughs> Pull up a chair and grab yourself a drink We'll hypothesize what directors think Maybe sometimes get a guess Makes look good Let's drink, laugh, and pretend We know what we're doing Drinking with the director Brought to you by Last Call Zach showing no respect for Scotch Bad. <laughs> I mean, come on. Once, like, once Zach, since when has he? Once I, Zach burped and I was like, fuck it, I'm singing over. I pointed it. <laughs> I pointed it at the sky. I didn't think it would be caught on all the mics. But uh, I, guess, I guess the mics were still hot, huh, Brad? They they sure were. So Robert Zemeckis, um, he has been making movies for quite a while. Um, but we've done a, a Robert Zemeckis film not too long ago. Forrest, uh, Gump. Forrest Gump. Just recently. So he has made some legendary movies. And uh, we have him in here to to give him a chat. So what so do y'all think? I want you to give me like a quick, if you have it pulled up, like a quick rundown of the highlights of him. Because I didn't realize he did this and Forrest Gump. Like, Castaway? Okay. I, I mean, I'm not a huge Castaway okay. guy. Uh, I like it. Yeah, but I mean, how hard was it to do Castaway? You're like, all right, I have one actor in this movie. It's the <laughs> best actor of all time. And Go. do your thing. So you know he, I mean? he does I mean, it. He does like it's an easy fucking movie. A, a, a classic comedy, used cars, is one of his first things. Uh, then he does a classic ripoff of Indiana Jones. He's like, oh, Spielberg and, and Lucas doing Indiana Jones. Well, I can drop Romancing, Romancing the Stone. Stone. Okay. Well, but what's interesting In about fairness. that, real quick, is that's that's the movie that got this made, from what I understand. Like, because that was a huge because hit. that was a hit. Huge. Hit. It, it was showed, the show he could have a hit, and because uh, this thing wasn't greenlit at first, and because at the time, like the hot com- like because this was a, a com- considered a comedy, science fiction comedy or whatever. And like the comedies at the time that were successful were Animal House, Porky's, and Fast Times. So like this was like completely different than what was popular at the time. And so this was rejected like 40 times when they would submit it to get is, is the sci-fi comedy non-spoof still even a thing? Hmm. I mean, when you think, like you said sci-fi that. Sci-fi comedy? Yeah, I mean, really, you know, like there's, there's like horror comedy now. You know, like those blends happen from time to time. Can you think of another sci-fi comedy that isn't like Starship Troopers, which is a spoof, or Spaceballs, just spoof? The only ones I can think of are stuff like Palm Springs, which, which like, funnily enough, are not super sci-fi, but they do have a sci-fi element to it, and also like play with time in a way. Like, there's a couple of them. Like Adam Devine had a movie not too long ago where he like was going kind of back in time, back and yeah, forth the, in time. When, when like, we, the night we met, or yeah. There's there's a couple of them that I can think of, but ones that aren't like straight up satire or spoofy, like. I can't. I mean, maybe you know, maybe that's a little secret sauce that we haven't mm-hmm. paid that enough attention to, which is, you know, a really, really well done sci-fi comedy where this is just sci-fi enough to be more than like what you're talking about, right? It's, it's not 
you know, Palm Springs. It's it's got more real, like legit sci-fi than Palm Springs. Not just the the time travel coolness, but also yes. a lot of homage to like legit sci-fi. Right? He looks like he's an alien. There's all kinds of you know, like well, what's references. funny is that like it's more science fiction, where those other ones are kind of like magic fiction. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it, it, he happens to be going back in time because of like some sort of magic thing, and not because of like a machine. Yeah, more almost sort of, right. like sort of sci-fi fantasy yeah, 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 crossover yeah, yeah. thing. But anyway, it's just it's an interesting one, right? It seems like it, it's a big miss. I'd like to go back in time again if we if we could. And this is drinking with the director, and maybe we should go around and see what oh, we're drinking. Man. We gotta get our time machine out again. Yeah, we need Gosh, dang it. All right, so yeah, how about we talk about when and we've been very we've been dropping the ball on this. A lot. We we struggle. <laughs> we always say drinking with the director, but because like, we don't have to say it anymore, it, it plays, and so we stop right. thinking about it. But yeah, so uh, this this episode of Best Video Kingdom is as always brought to you by Last Call Brewing out of Oakdale, California. Um, and I am drinking a, a flip flop tank top. It is my summer go to. It is delicious. I think Zach's got one here as yep. well. Delicious. It's just a, a pretty little can. It reminds you of a nice little like uh, evening sunset at the beach. And it's a tropical ale that is just delicious. A little hint of sea salt on the end. It's got some guava flavors, but it's just Walter kills it. I'm I he knows that I'm one of the biggest fans of this beer and, mm-hmm. and I look forward to it every summer. So it's out there. You can get it at four packs at Last Call Brewing. I'm, Mate, oh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm just gonna say I really quickly, I'm drinking the the Last Call beer. It's delicious. Our boy Walter brewed it up, but I just want to give a shout out to his beautiful wife, Kendra. Who I went to her restaurant that she manages the other day and had a delicious lunch and she came out and like talked to us and like made an appearance and everything and she's just great. You, you felt I just like, want to give her a shout like out. A superstar, well, yeah, it was oh, fucking awesome. You, you, you country clubbing now. Huh? Oh, dude. <laughs> it was a good time. <laughs> and the food was fucking great. They have a Reuben uh, sandwich at that restaurant. It was really good. Nice. Anyways. Our girl Kendra kills. That's exactly she's my a, point. She's a, she's a killer. The point of bringing it up is that she's killing it mm-hmm. and uh, hopefully gonna, she We're going to have this. more Kendra here on yep. Bev's. So I'm drinking some uh, some diet Pepsi, but I did go. I went a little hard in the paint today. I was I like, yeah, it. I got about I got about a couple knuckles worth of uh, basil hidden left in that bottle, mm. and it's gonna go mix with my diet Pepsi, and they're gonna make friends. Couple knuckles <laughs> in my belly. Love it. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, Nate was nice enough to uh, lend me a bottle of his uh, George Dickel rye whiskey. <laughs> he puts the dick in whiskey. Yeah, dude. George Dickel. Is that really what it says? Well. He said he put. That's what his I dick said. In the I said I put my dick in the whiskey. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. So yeah, some <laughs> lovely rye whiskey from Georgia Dickel. Well, and and Nate got him a nice, you know, big big ice cube for that whiskey, yep. like like uh, like he should. But have you guys ever heard this? I was I was at a restaurant in San Diego, and I I got a, a Maker's Forty Six, and they said, "Oh, do you want regular ice? Or do you want a a, a whiskey cube?" I went, "Whiskey cube, of course." Not knowing, they just fucking upcharged me two dollars oh, for no. that big ice cube. Are you serious? They legit so did. That's whack. I mean, usually, and I was like, "Wait, what?" I had to pay two bucks extra because I wanted the the normal whiskey appropriate ice cube. Uh, that's bullshit. The water was free both ways. Yeah, so I'm not sure why. Unless they're right. carving that shit off of some like big block and like had to put any effort in. I it's don't glacier think glacier ice. It's probably paying for the mold that they made of the cook's balls that they uh, <laughs> that they had to freeze the ice cube. That's probably that's true. a veiny uh, ice cube right there. <laughs> <laughs> Look at this thing. But an otherwise delicious meal at, uh, fuck, I forgot what it was even called, but it was a. Uh, no, yeah. fuck them. Don't ever talk about it. Two dollar ice cube. Was that charging motherfuckers? Absolute bullshit. Uh, All right, so we're back in the time machine. Yes, we are. We're, we're, we jumped forward now. We're with uh, Zemeckis. <laughs> and we were going through some of his things. And so we got to Back to the Future, which is which was 85. And then he follows that up with, in between one and two, he follows that up with uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, which is. Uh. 
just I think a legendary a legendary movie that is just super entertaining. Then he does, of course, the eighty nine, ninety, Back to the Future two and three. Death Becomes Her. It was kind of a, I think, a, a swing and a miss. I actually liked that movie when I was a kid. Kind of a I weird like one. A uh, some cool special I effects. Seen it in years, yeah, but. very cool special effects. And then all of a sudden, you've got Forrest Gump, which was gigantic. Um, Contact. Then he goes, What Lies Beneath, Castaway, The Polar Express, Beowulf. He starts getting into that whole like animation rotoscope yeah. type Dude, thing or Be- whatever have it was. Seen Beowulf. The animated thing it's fucking crazy what's it's it called the beowulf so it's the classic story beowulf beowulf <laughs> no, did i say it wrong <laughs> you fucker i'm sorry i'm being an asshole you say it like you say it like i did yeah woof. you guys both say woof beowulf. and it's funny to me we, we, it's an it's a silent l <laughs> was, everyone knows beowulf? it's a silent l it's beow beowulf wolf. Is what the, what the, <laughs> i think it's goddamn, beowulf goddamn ammon farmers i'm being an asshole <laughs> keep going this is new. no it's it's Watch it on a big screen with fucking surround sound. And it's it's it'll like, blow your mind. It's like animated. It's motion capture animation. So it's like it's like Polar Express, like he's talking about, yeah, right? Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. It's 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 better than you think it is. It's super violent, super fucking insane. It's a crazy story. I read yeah. it in like sixth grade or something. So. Made a storybook about it. And then fr- from that point, things get a little a little weird. I mean, he does flight, which is arguably a good movie. Some people think the performance it. is good, but it's not necessarily the best movie. A movie called The Walk. Oh, Allied. The, the, the Walk is is about um, uh, the guy who walked across the, the Twin Towers. Um, it's a, oh, it's, it's the ba- tightrope ba- Based one. on a true story. Mm-hmm. And first of all, that's one of the best documentaries I've ever seen. Oh, about that family of like rope walkers? No, 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 no. It's just about one guy. He's a French French dude, and I can't think of the, oh. the name of him, but uh, and or the documentary right now. But it's it's fantastic. It's really really good. Huh. So, and then Allied. Welcome to Marwin, the witches, and Pinocchio. That's like been his last things. And I know Pinocchio you, was a bomb. I mean, I don't want to be a dick, but he really took a shit. Yeah, he <laughs> fell off. <laughs> Polar Express fucked us up <laughs> pretty much after like. Castaway, and according to Zach, after Forrest Gump, yeah, more or less. Oh, there's a couple in there that I liked. Yeah, but I mean, like for somebody that did Back to the Future trilogy and and Forrest Gump, which yeah. I mean, and who, in and fairness, who framed Roger Rabbit? And in right. fairness, like that's a career right there. Right? <laughs> that's what I'm yeah. saying. When you yeah. when I heard what you, did do you both cares, right? I mean, I, I kind of relate to that. I'm like, you, I you felt like thing. he was always in Spielberg's shadow. Like he was not ever getting enough credit as a director. Like I think if you go through the 90s and, and early 2000s and say like name director, I don't think anybody's saying his name first. I think it's always going to be Spielberg. Right? I don't think he's even mentioned in the. Spielberg, Lucas, like oh no, yeah. no, not even yeah, yeah. he's not yeah, yeah. but I mean I think it's it's because like he's not prolific in terms of you know it's like his two best are as good or better than anything that was you know, they did the best, but yeah. but the the next level down stuff for him is five steps down he doesn't right. have that there super eight in there to bring I, them I actually <laughs> did, didn't know that he directed this until like last year and I thought it was Spielberg this whole time I would have. Bet it was yeah. Spielberg. Yeah. He's an executive producer. Correct? I know. Yeah, I, I, was. I, Spielberg, I just thought Spielberg it was probably Spielberg. did. He probably. Yeah, probably, yeah Spielberg's name just, shows up. I think first in like the. It's, like the it's Steven Spielberg presents. presents. Okay. Yeah. Spielberg would have had a scene like a super cheesy scene between Marty and the Doc where they were like, "I love oh, you." Oh no! Baby. I'm so thankful. Yeah. That <laughs> 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 and stupid. Because I'm, I'm I'm still on my Spielberg sort of sucks more than everybody knows. All right. So I I do have some a few things to ask like first off 
how did how did Doc get in touch with the Libyans? Like this is pre-internet. I mean, there was some <laughs> form of the internet, like with like three hundred baud modems and stuff. Not really. Right. Some weird thing called Quantum Link, and like there was some stuff that existed at that time. But how is Doc Brown getting in touch with Libyans to possibly make them bombs and uh, and somehow sneaking? <laughs> stolen uh, uranium from them. Right. Well, I mean, he mentioned something or about plutonium, a, I'm sorry, a family plutonium. fortune. And, you know, but maybe he had, because he's a scientist, maybe he did some stuff for the military or something somewhere along made the way. Made some connections. Made some connections. I, that's the only thing I can think of. But do you, you make a good you, point. Do you, just, about do you send letters back and forth? Like, how? Right. pen pals for a while first. <laughs> just checking the relationship pen out. So. so I got another doc question of the similar sort, which is how did he and Marty become friends? That's the, always the eternal. <laughs> like, I don't think I've ever asked that of myself before this yeah. watch. And I was like, wait, whoa, wait a minute. More like, or less inappropriate slash predatory than. And Mr. Miyagi and Danielson's relationship. Which one are we going with is more creepy? So, so he did, I think but Doc Brown's yeah, is, yeah, I think so too. Danielson sure. immediately he goes to him to learn how to defend himself. Right. Right? And Mr. Miyagi and is Miyagi's the one who finds a little him all bit beat like, up. Uh, whatever, you know, like, okay, I'll teach you, but that's like a more of a. Doc Brown's not mentoring yeah. Marty. He's grooming him. He's just they're, like, hang out, take your pants friends. off. He's, he has the key to his house. He can let himself in and like use his stuff. Yeah, and why, yeah. yeah, why does he have a giant amp? Doc Brown entertain. don't play the guitar. Yeah, he's entertaining Marty. Yeah, he's like, I'll build you a big amp. That's a lure. I mean, maybe he just didn't have friends in high school, so he's like, now he's just kind of reliving his like high school. Like, you know what? I, I, I want to have know. some high school I friends. I feel like fun, if, my buddies. Yeah, I feel like if Marty sits in the wrong like seat on the couch, there's like a mechanical hand that comes out from behind him, like <laughs> pushing his head down. You know what I mean? That's <laughs> <laughs> invention. There, there could be something. But seriously, think about it though. If you're if you're in high school and you know there's a guy that has all these cool fucking gadgets and inventions and shit, no, yeah. wouldn't you want to hang out with that guy totally. too? But also, then, if no. any of us were no, in high school and we knew a guy that had like a a sixty year old friend and that was his best friend, would we all not be like, what the fuck is going on? Oh there? no, can we? Well, be, we don't see we any other friends with them. Can we be less abstract? I mean, <laughs> there are, we, I remember specific incidents of like friends of ours who like at some point became really good friends with like a sixty year old dude, and we were like. What's up with that? <laughs> That's true. <laughs> to be fair, tell situations about. now. Fuck, I forgot. Let's about be that. real though. I really enjoy being friends with Scott and the Gov. So I mean, this <laughs> is normal true. stuff. It's less now. weird. I, I, well, and that, folks, is Zach's Scotch's old joke <laughs> for this episode. Well, I mean, <laughs> jokes, right. jokes on you because I'm grooming the fuck out of you, buddy. You're <laughs> sucking this talk later. Well, also they. Ha- they- <laughs> <laughs> that was good. Did they have a suicide pact? Because also, not only does Doc is friends with this young kid, but what if that DeLorean doesn't hit 88 miles per hour That's at the right my moment? Number one Why question. are they standing right directly in front of it? Because yeah, if that goes so wrong, both of them are no dead. reason for that. And these are the things I've, I was nitpicking this whole <laughs> this fucking time. My, that was my number one. <laughs> Perfect like, example. You couldn't have stepped five feet to the left and been like, well, let's see if this works. Well, I guarantee I'm going to be just as impressed with your time machine, whether it just warps out of existence <laughs> in front of me or if I'm off to the side and it warps out of existence, I'm going to be just as shocked both ways. Here, you don't have to run it right at me. Well, th- this is my alternate ending right well, the movie gets 20 minutes in they both get run over dead <laughs> over over um that would be actually be a, a great movie like of like the <laughs> the people discovering this now the military like the, the government gets called in they're like holy shit this guy was trying to build a, a time machine and like uh, there it could be intrigue some interesting stuff who gets a hold of it so who takes control along the same lines of, of that scene it's in the same scene it's the first time he's done this experiment right because he's like it worked he has no first yeah. time <laughs> Why did he put the dog in the car? 
He doesn't. It's not driving the car. He's doing it remote control. Why throw your your beloved friend in the front seat? You don't need to put anything in it except no, for the stopwatch. No, 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 no. no he no, needed living, a living, living thing things to can, live. Can travel but with. I it. think you probably use not your best friend. Well, I guess Marty's his best I, friend. I go to the you, pound. You, you find a cat, a stray <laughs> right. cat, on the way to the, the mall. You just throw it yeah. in there and say, "Good luck, kitty." Yeah. Instead, Einstein, but I guess he's just got the balls. He, where he's like, not only am I going to put my dog in this thing, but the yeah. first time it runs at us, I'm going to stand in front of it because if it goes bad, fuck it. Doc Brown ain't <laughs> nothing but if he, Doc Brown's nothing if he's not cocksure. You know what I'm saying? Oh, my Lord. Yeah, that was always my question. Why did they stand right in front of it? Yeah. Kind of out, outlandish. <laughs> All right, so and, and then why they. St- Keep standing in the fire. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so I got a question for all of you, and I want to. Oh, this is this is going to be a tough one, I think. Who's a bigger dick, the principal in Back to the Future or the principal in Breakfast Club? <sighs> the principal in Breakfast Club is yeah. the bigger dick because he's just he's just smarmy and douchey. Like I was just saying, uh, uh, principal whatever his name Strickland is, Strickland. He's just hard nosed old school. But he's, he's like just unprovoked like, and he's like, You're a loser. Your dad was a loser. You're always gonna be a loser. Like it's just like but I, I was like taken like, aback. Like, bro, like <laughs> whoa. That would never stand here. In Breakfast, a, he's old Breakfast Club that he does that too with, with Bender. He, he Yeah, he, he, does. He, he gets personal with him. No, he does get personal with him, but it's like not until Bender's a dick. Like Marty's just this it's guy true. that's late for school. That is a good point because because ben, Bender and <laughs> like, Breakfast Club does provoke it. You're late again? Your fucking life's over. And he's you like, might as well just jump in a fucking lake with a brick around your he makes, ankles. He makes more appearances, too, in the second one. You remember the second one? Oh, he's yeah. like got a shotgun on his porch. Oh, yeah, shit. yeah. yeah. No, there's, there's some good <laughs> shit with him. But, uh, and he, is he, isn't he a mandated reporter? Shouldn't he be like, he's like, oh, I hear, <laughs> I hear you're hanging out with Doc Brown again. Like, what is he insinuating? Like? Mandated reporter. <laughs> well, he, he, he's delinquent on that internet training, I guess. <laughs> How uncomfortable were you? Because it made me uncomfortable when he was talking to him in the hallway that first time. And he gets up to him and their noses actually touch. That's not fucking legal, bro. That's definitely that's, not legal. That's hey, definitely well, things are going to change. Yeah. When they, go back, when they go back to the future. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought you were going to say, like, <laughs> I'm going to make it so that we can do that to kids again. I know. I was like, I was like okay, you got some Brad, insight? Is that where nose you're going? Nose to nose contacts come back. <laughs> no, he says, no, no, in the, in the history <laughs> of Hill Valley, goes, well, history is going to change. That's right. Yeah. That's the, that sets it off. History is going to change. Okay. I just don't know why, line. why their noses have to touch. So, okay, okay, now I have a question for you, Scott. So. They jump right from there. And this is, I mean, Hill Valley's not a huge town, right? I mean, we've got to imagine that this is similar to where we grew up. Maybe yeah. let's give it, we'll be, bene- we'll, we'll, we'll be benefited of that. We'll say it's a 15,000 person town. Sure. High school might have been 1,000. Oakdale's probably a good example. Or what, Turlock, what are the odds that the, that school has that many fully equipped, fully put together bands? Oh, no fucking So way. many <laughs> that like he gets six chords into the song where he's pretty much ripping, and they're like, nah, you're not good enough. Yeah. <laughs> and there's all the these emo kids like lined up. The Cure and stuff is like sitting off yeah. to the side yeah. with all their, in, their entire kits and right. stuff. Yeah. Like They don't just go up and play the same kit. They each have to bring <laughs> no, their own drum their set. Own gear. Do we want to get into the musical nitpicks that I have? Yes, for the love of God. God, yes. oh, are, are, are we going to talk about fingering? Um, <laughs> well, God, all this knuckle and fingering talk tonight. <laughs> Zach, Zach, that's an exciting Zach, thought. Six not, to midnight. I literally was going to say that. Not great air. Not great air guitar at all. Um, and then, yeah, the, I, that was something I noticed for sure. Was all the bands lined up and ready? There was, wouldn't be that many fucking bands for a school dance competition. That's bullshit. The fact that okay, Marty, he he just. 
he screws his band by just going into this guitar solo. Yeah, he's terrible. And that's and and the guitar solo is terrible. That's my problem. And especially the guitar solo at the dance at the Enchantment Under the Sea in the in the dog 50s. shit. It doesn't match the music, <laughs> yeah. dude. Oh yeah, he, he starts taking it super metal when he it's tries not to go real to Van Halen. It doesn't match the chords or anything of the song. It, it, so that just always bugged me. And then of course the biggest thing of all is is the amp at the beginning of the fucking movie. And it's like he cranks all the dials up. And then he plugs it in and it doesn't make a fucking sound. <laughs> uh, that was I kept waiting. I was waiting for that this time. Having played a little more music and had Scott look at me like, do not fucking unplug that while my amp is on. I was like, oh shit, it's gonna click, it's gonna make a really big sound. And I was like, wait a minute. It would have made the biggest pop ever and just yeah, yeah anyway. So that but that's yeah. the stupid shit that I didn't notice when I was a kid, which I wish I could forget and enjoy. I just wish I could love things again. Well and and, and how how loud had he played it before? Like I mean, that it was sounds my like, question. He right. says that it's it has some chance of surging today or whatever, so it's like he has an excuse for it. But like, how loud was it playing? Like, right. how does he have any hearing left? Well, no, no musician in the history of music ever takes everything and puts it all the way to the top. This one it goes just, to eleven, right. especially when the speaker is way bigger than you. Right. <laughs> he for sure has tinnitus, though. But you know, <laughs> my thing about him is like he's the worst guy that you ever want to play in a band with because he's only worried about his solo and him being louder than everybody totally. else and just being the fucking cocksure guy running around in the front of the fucking thing. It's no good. So this, I don't like it. This also leads into a question I had for, for Zemeckis. It's like, you couldn't get anybody that sounded a little less like a grown ass man and more like a kid in high school when you sang Johnny be good. I know that's, it was a weird choice. It's just the voice isn't even close. Like it just, <laughs> yeah, it's not like, and I get it, but come on, it's supposed to be him singing and it's just not even close. I remember this back in the theater going, okay, he's, that's just yeah, not him. That's not him. And it, you'd think that they'd do a better job with that. So that just has always bothered me. I've got another question for Max, which is, so when we see at the twin pines mall, uh, soon to be Lone, Lone Pine Mall. Mm-hmm. Uh, Doc Brown's van, his big like utility van thing that he's his got. His pedophile van. It says <laughs> on the side it says Doctor Brown, twenty four hour scientific services. <laughs> what kind of business is twenty four hour scientific science. services? <laughs> and when it. were you going to wake up at three thirty in the morning? Goddamn, we need some science right now. A lot of dope. call that Doc Brown. Let's a, do this. That's a code word for something that you need at three in the morning. <laughs> A lot of scientific dot come science me. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so so we've shit on it a little bit here, but I want I I have to like turn here and I want to know a concrete. How did he come up with the idea for Marty skateboarding like and p- hanging on to cars? Skitching, bro. Because that's Skitchin. the cool. That's the single coolest thing that anyone's ever done in a right. movie. Like I yeah. I remember watching that and being like. If I could just do that, I think whole, my life would be complete. I, like, I meant to Google this because I wanted to see if there were actually any examples of kids trying this and getting hurt, like based on oh watching God, this movie. Be, there had to have been had a to be bunch, lots. right? I mean, that was back before the internet, so no one talked about it. Right. I was going to say, my ass was pedaling a bike around town when I could have just been just grabbing onto cars and just riding around. And he around. looks so cool doing it when oh, he yeah. switches cars at intersections. Dude, he grabs oh, a Jeep. He's like waves at the Jeep. He's, he's, he's like, what's up? He holds onto the cop car. Cop car. Ducks way down. I'm like, dude, you are amazing. And it's huge. Huey Lewis is going. The song. So it's like, I was going to ask, you know, to the room. I mean, you know, this is this is just like total, you know, half-ass commentary. Is this the best movie opening in history? It's really good. I mean, it maybe not, but I mean, it's definitely going going in. The combination of you go into the uh, to Doc Brown's house and you see the clocks, which are so. 
like such foreshadowing and, and like how important time is. The newscast says plutonium has been stolen. Like, there, there's like a little there's bit a, of a, a little clock with a dude hanging on the on the the big yeah, hand. That's like, the, the, the old, real yep. sneaky right. one. So see, I did not notice that. Yeah. yeah. Really. So you get all these cool little things. Yeah. yeah. And then and then all of a sudden like Einstein's not been there. So his dog that food you're immediately oh. just like oh Whoa. this is the most disgusting thing yeah. ever. And then Marty rolls in right. He plays the he plays the thing which is sort of fun and cool. And then immediately. Doc Brown calls, urgent, runs out, and he's on the skateboard. Oh, and it's, yeah, he says, power I'm love. Late, late for school. Boom, and then it hits, and you just it, go. It, it's it, So for me, like, I just think, I, I look at, for all the nitpicks you might have, and for all the times you might have seen it, seeing the opening five minutes, six minutes of that movie, mm-hmm. I never get tired of it, ever. Yeah. You can watch it over, well, over. Well, and then and then the the whole callback in, in number two when he's on the hoverboard and and you know yes. they, they pretty much recreate the whole thing with the hoverboard but then tweak it a little bit, amazing, just really well, really cool. And I, I got to give Zemeckis props because two things: one, the callbacks, all the different callbacks. There's yeah. so many in this movie, and it's yeah. just I'm I'm a sucker for a good callback. And the fact that like they do it multiple times in very clever ways throughout the the the, the sequels as well. Um, but I have to give Zemeckis props because there was a guy that was one of the main producers on the film, and he wanted the title of the movie to be changed. He did not like Back to the Future. He said nobody wants to see a movie with the future in the title, and he thought it should be called Spaceman from Pluto. I wonder how quickly that guy got fired after this. Oh, no, no. This is like a... uh, uh, He was the head of Universal Pictures, so... That actually makes sense. This was not a fire... This was not a fire. Those guys are always so smart, though. So what uh, uh, Zemeckis did is he wrote a memo and said, uh, hey, thanks, Sid. You're, uh, everybody got to laugh about your memo. Uh, basically, like trying to make it sound like, oh, that was a joke. Like, obviously, the, we're not, we wouldn't even think about doing this. And I guess the guy like never wanted to admit that that was actually like a serious. He thing. was being oh, serious and honest. So it was a joke that's memo. Awesome. And oh, he also, instead of saying, I'm Darth Vader from the planet Falcon, he wanted him to say, I'm a spaceman from Pluto, like to tie it to the title. <laughs> Dude, what's funny about that, and I didn't really, I, I've, I've heard that now that you say it. But I'd forgotten. I actually think the title is one. I mean, like it's it's a stroke of genius. Like amazing, it's stuck in your head because you constantly are trying to unravel what it means. Right. And then when you watch the movie, it makes sense. But it also still is like, wait, how do you go back to the future? It's just so such a perfect perfect title. I swear to God, I'm having deja vu. I think you specifically, Brad, have talked about that exact thing on the pod before. Have you not? Yeah. I might have. Yeah. Let's yeah. Take, let's I'm take, having let's take like time machine back and listen. serious deja vu <laughs> right now. Maybe. maybe I have no idea did. what I episode mean, it was. A hundred and twenty <laughs> something episodes deep. It's 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 getting a, a little bit. Uh, you said the part about he wanted to actually like tie it back to the to the title. Hank, of the Hank look like, that up for us and let us know it. when it was. Yeah, I know. But and then uh, <laughs> another thing, and this just goes with good pranks. And I don't know if you would get sued for doing this now or if you could do it. I don't know. Was was do we know if was Michael J. Fox eighteen at the time of this filming? He probably was. Oh, he yeah. Was probably, yes. oh, yeah. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. so uh, That's why Doc was losing interest. When He's they like, <laughs> send this guy back to the fucking future. <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn. Oh, no. Um, when, uh, when he's in the car with his mom... And, and, and she's uh, uh, talking about what she's doing, like, oh, I, you know, if anybody, anybody who, who drinks. And then so he takes it from her, and he starts to take the swig. In rehearsals, they had used a, a bottle with water in it. Uh-huh. Before that scene, oh, they, they replaced it with actual alcohol. So he takes a big old swig, and so his spit take is like legit. legit. It was legit when she starts to light up the cigarette. So I was like, "That's kind of fun, that's fun awesome. prank." Yeah, 
get get some real life uh, acting out of your actors. I mean, so, so the other thing, like I, we don't usually do this, but I feel the need in a movie like this. If you had to pick your top three favorite scenes, because oh. we've talked a lot about the beginning so far, but there's just, I mean, you could probably name ten where you're just like, this is these could all be candidates. If you got to pick three, you know, like just off the top of your head, where do you go? I mean, number one for me has to be the the chase around on the the crappy skateboard with Biff versus chasing him around, and then they run into the manure truck. To me, is probably one of the most memorable scenes. Well, and because it like it jumps into the 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 cafe every once in a while, and like you hear the music from the cafe as yeah. they're going by, and like Lorraine's like saying all this, like she's just sweating He's for a him. Dream, yeah, and then, then then like it comes back out. Oh man, and and we haven't really talked about the score yet because the I mean oh, the, the, it's the, coming. Yeah, yeah, we'll talk about that for sure. Um, that's a great scene, of course. That's and, yeah. and of course uh, uh, his dad knocking out Biff. Like I yeah. mean, just yeah. the him getting laughed at and just when you see that rage start to like build on him they do a great close-up as he starts to and the, the fist starts to come together yeah and he's just finally he's like i think i do this and there's a wham and that punch it's quiet he spins and drops it, it's a perfect it's perfectly oh. executed acting directing like, and then yeah. they then they do the thing where they kind of were at the dance where the guy butts in on the dance you know and then that whole thing the way it was orchestrated and then like when he actually when the Shermanator comes in the and like tries to steal <laughs> the girl. looks like the Shermanator <laughs> pushes him away and then you know Marty stands up real quick and then he plays the guitar and yeah. I like that scene as well Why, what is that dude doing he's just like yeah 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 he's like wa- like waddling around with her like what what kind of like clown cartoon character is this guy <laughs> well he's the Shermanator I mean I mean so I, I would I might pick that one for my favorite scene and and the opening the opening skateboard scene maybe in the competition i mean the whole sequence where he's trying to they're trying to get back to the future at the end right mm-hmm. the clock tower i mean that the whole thing there right is so and and the thing i love about it is that Doc miscalculated how long it would actually take because, <laughs> because the, the, the alarm goes off. off and if he would have went, the, the lightning bolt would have not been there yet. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> again, another one of the stupid nitpicks that my brain is thinking of as I'm watching the stupid movie again. But I mean, uh, there's no like silly, you know, silly villain trying to get in the way, right? It's like right. they're racing just against time, right? Yeah. Which is a fun element, right? Where like time is the adversary in the whole thing getting back through time as the adversary getting things to be on time as the adversary so for me right there's a depth to you know like the clocks and stuff you know not that i think they're trying to be that philosophical but but time is more important than just time travel in this movie right yeah. and, and it's the driver of a lot of the and as you point out right it's not just like visiting dinosaurs right there's for one of the first times meaningfully on film, although it happened in literature for many, you know, centuries before this, the thought process about the way that like possible time travel affects, you know, dimensionality and things is really like, you know, is formidable in this movie in a way that, that I think is, is new and right changes the way that we, we do movies after that. Well, yeah. And just, I mean, the, the, he has a week to get his mom with his, and, and that's like, I mean, yeah, everything is about He's disappearing time. in the, in the photo. Right. Well, I mean, it's, like, it, it's yeah. just a good thing that it, it went his older brother first, then his sister, then him. What if it started with him? Then we'd have much we're all movie. fucked. <laughs> I <laughs> love that's alternate, such a weird, alternate It's ending. such a weird, but great concept. The picture that like, oh, it's like it's disappearing. Great. It's just so strange, yeah. but it also is great at the same time. I loved the dad just like not being like this 
this great dude like that you sort of hear at the beginning he's just being a creeper in the tree and fucking falls <laughs> like that shit is so funny he's a to me peeping he Tom. Yeah. <laughs> such a great when and honestly like honorable mention but probably top 10 is him waking up and and you realizing that it's his mom right and then her just subtly putting the moves on him and him so uncomfortable it's so Dude, played so well all the way through the dinner scene i remember so one, well. one of my favorite lines from the from all time this movie is when he's like where are my pants on my hope chest <laughs> <laughs> such so a great what? line the hope chest the hope part chest. Where she's like, i'm hoping to bone you it's right exactly i put him there or even when he first like meets Doc and like the whole door open, and he closes it and then like <laughs> sticks the thing on his head. Yeah. And it's just one. It's just one after another. That's so. And I think the way they bring the town is like such a character, and maybe less so than a lot of a lot of the a lot of movies where like you know it looms even more. But I think in a more fun way, the town feels like you're you're so excited just to see oh, yeah. the the pan of the town and the little things that they've changed. Different iterations, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. and, and that that's something I think that's cool about the trilogy, right? Is that like you get more and more of that throughout the the trilogy, um, which I I always think is like you know that's one of my favorite parts of following the whole thing is like what happens you know to the town over time. I don't know how they avoided getting super cheesy like characters with the with like because doc brown's going over the top the whole time but it doesn't seem cheesy or lame right like fucking the bully is like super over the top fucking christmas glover is like the king of over the top you know what i mean like (laughs) they're all like kind of like cheesing it up but it doesn't feel cheesy to me i'm not sure why it is it is weird part of it is the time element i mean part of it is the era element right because like there's a little bit of a you're taken to you're 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 brought far enough out of the present to believe that people were a little bit cartoonish yeah. or something like I mean you know in the fifties right you think about the fifties there was a cartoonish element to yeah. the like you know perfectness of of what it was like and so I think you know to me that always felt normal because you're like oh yeah well you're in a you're in a you know there's I a guess you're trip. right i mean Biff i don't know can kind of talk like a fucking weirdo because it's yeah, like yeah. back in the day you know and you're yeah, like, no, oh, i guess people did talk nobody like told that. people they shouldn't bully each other back then so, <laughs> it's fine. so it's weird that christopher lloyd is the one part of this movie who's like forever embraced it like he's been he was on they had a, a dumb cartoon uh like saturday morning cartoon back to the future and then they did like i said the universal ride he, he lent his voice and his in, in his character um he says he loves it chris mcglover states that he saw one movie like he or he saw it once and has right. never watched it again and, and he wasn't in the second one he right? gets kicked off the second one yeah. just basically because they're like you're a freak and you're crazy and they found a like a guy that looked like him and made him up to look like him yeah and in just very so few weird. lines they really yeah. like there was more they were going to do more with his dad uh-huh. and then once crispin glover was gone they didn't um and then uh michael j fox obviously i mean he i don't know just a few years ago he did like a little thing where he came out on i think jimmy kimmel's show right with doc brown and stuff so i mean they, they still uh, it seems like they still have a good relationship, which I think is awesome. The fact that they like they still, I mean, they understand how big this movie was and how much it means to people, which is I a love. Great thing. I love when an actor embraces it and loves it and doesn't like, ah, well, you know, that was that thing, whatever, and like they act all cool and shit. I like when they get into it and totally love it. Who played the girlfriend in the first one? Was it Elizabeth Shue? No, she's she's in number she's two. She's in and the three. second one. So who's yeah. in the first one? The first one. Um, Somebody else. That- I, I forgot what her name is, but her mom got cancer, and so she. Is that what happened? She she quit acting oh, for okay. a long so, time. And then his sister from the first one died of cancer before number two. God damn. Oh wow! Yeah. Oh wow! I didn't know that. Yeah. That sucks. So that's why, like, they don't have anything with her. They just mention her offhand in, in Back to the Future Two. Got it. Jesus. But yeah. Yeah. So. 
Yeah, I, I, I was always curious about that with with the fir- the actor, the, the actress, and the first actor, whatever the fuck you say. Well, and if we have any actor. listeners, if we have any listeners who have not heard the story that Eric Stoltz was the one, right. um, so Michael J. Fox was the <coughs> they wanted Michael J. Fox, but he was doing Family Ties at the time, and and they were like, we don't know if he's going to be available, and his schedule is too crazy right now. So they start shooting with Eric Stoltz, and they shoot. A, a good like third of the movie and you can actually see it like, they have if you yeah. go to youtube you can check it out they have the scenes you can see all like uh, just a bunch of scenes where it's like it just looks weird it looks like great. he's like it's looked like he's like like doing a parody or, or something it's yeah. like and he he just didn't have the comic timing he didn't have the charm and just he didn't have the michael j foxness i mean that's right. michael j fox is something special i hate to say it i think this movie's good enough all the other players are good enough the music's good enough the like special effects are good enough that it's probably a hit movie. Even with, with Eric Stoltz. Absolutely. Is. We don't look at it now and think like, oh, he's doing a parody of Michael J. Fox. He's, yeah, he's just doing true. whatever, however he would have done it. You I, know I, what I, I mean? Be, I bet Eric Stoltz wonders that. I bet he does. <laughs> I, think, I think it would have been a hit movie, but I don't think it would have been what it, what it is. I don't think so either. Like, I don't I think, think it's there's quite a level the same, it wouldn't have gotten. Because I think Michael J. Fox is great, right? But um, Well, he was a superstar at the time. I right. mean, he was the kid from, from Family Ties and was like, I mean, absolute superstar. I don't know. You think he's like five four? Like I, mean, I, I think I think I think that's an overstatement. Uh, Family Ties was one of the biggest TV shows it was. on television. It was, it was huge. I'm not saying and it wasn't with very limited amounts of of stuff. T- totally agree. And I love Family Ties. <laughs> but my my point shows. is though that like he was a he was a big star. He was definitely really well known. But I mean, Stoltz was huge Unknown. also at this time. Oh, from Mask. Wasn't he? Was it? Was this after? This was before Pretty in Pink, or this after? Pre- oh, so shit. Pretty in Pink. I think. It wasn't Pretty in Pink. It was uh, some kind of wonderful. Oh, some kind of wonderful. Yeah, that's true. So uh, I mean, he, but he's kind of in this mix. He's the brat pack, one of the brat packers. Yeah. yeah. But my point is just, I think Michael J. Fox has a a run that is, you know, we we forget how big some of this stuff was. So he does this and Teen Wolf in '85. Yeah. Right. Then in which, which also has a very dangerous uh, example to set for kids. <laughs> van with, surfing. But van surfing. <laughs> I, mean, I, I love all Michael the Michael J. Fa- Fox is about that life, man. Hell yeah. Then he does The Secret of My Success in 87, which is a great movie. And also he's just kills in. Bright Lights in Big City in 88. Family Ties still one? going. What's that? What about the one where he plays a doctor? Doc Hollywood. Doc that's Hollywood. A, well, that's later. Is that later? Like Casualties that of War in 89, Back to the Future 2 and 3 in 89 and 90, Hardway in 91, Doc Hollywood in 91. So, like, there's this run where he's just, I mean, I'm not saying he wouldn't have had it, but but Back to the Future and Teen Wolf in the same in the year same followed year? up by the, the next five years. That's wild. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there, he just goes Ozone. There were some other interesting uh I saw that there was a lot of other actors up for it, like John Cusack was up for that role. Tom, uh, C. Thomas Howell, Johnny Depp, because that was back in like the 21 Jump Street days. Oh, and either, either Gail or Zemeckis had a, a thing about like, I forgot that Johnny Depp even uh, uh, read lines for us. He's like, you must have not been that interesting. Right. <laughs> but, like Ralph Macchio, Charlie Sheen, John Cryer, like everybody, Ben Stiller, Peter DeLuise, who he was, uh, I think he's also 21 Jump Street, huh. and Billy Zane, who ended up just getting a one yeah, of the Biff's, Biff's henchmen. thugs henchmen, and so he's like, "Dude, I, I went for the lead role, and now I'm just the dude that has no lines in the background." It's interesting though, because like Brad was saying, there's only like fucking eight channels with so many TV shows, so there's only so many jobs to go around. So I guess like you know, there's a movie getting made. Everybody in town's showing up to fucking try out for the part. I would think. Well, that's when movies. I mean, it's like, oh, you're either TV or your movie. Like, yeah, not a lot of crossover, and so for him to be a, he was a crossover big like deal. that. That's yeah. that's a pretty big deal. Yeah. 
All right. Well, um, oh, one one last little little tiny thing is that uh, I guess the the first idea for the time machine they were trying to figure out what, what what should the time machine what should it actually be, and they had thought about doing a refrigerator first, <laughs> but they were worried that kids were going to get in refrigerators and and die. So they're like, Fuck absolutely, let's just have them drag around behind cars on a skateboard. <laughs> <laughs> just do that instead, kids. Don't get in the refrigerator. Just you know, grab one of the bumper. And, and go. Dude, so, what kind of movie could you make with a fucking refrigerator as the time machine, though? I, it seems like it would be so. Or like a phone booth, right? Have you ever so stupid? Have you ever read? Have you guys read or, or or seen one of the versions of It Has It, where the freaking the the evil clown makes the kid get inside the fucking uh, the refrigerator that's like in the dump? You know, remember that? Oh, it's fucking. It's a scary movie. I know. I know. Refrigerators can can save you from a a nuclear bomb. Right. Indiana Jones taught us that. <laughs> I'm going to see the new one. I haven't. I, I want to see know, it. I'm going to see it. Even though the fourth one was absolute dog. So shit. you just have to get inside your Yeti cooler if there's a yeah. if there's a nuclear oh, war. That's, that's according to Indiana Jones. This is sponsored by Yeti. <laughs> you're listening let's get something yeah, why not somebody reach out all right folks we are going to move on to our next segment so uh don't you uh, go anywhere and uh if you do just time travel don't right nobody back. go nowhere <laughs> don't nobody go nowhere <laughs> all right when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week you can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping kroger worth it every time kroger fresh for everyone fuel restrictions apply Join hosts Dave Houghton and Sarah Ray Pally as they examine the less glamorous side of sports with their podcast, In a Pickle. Follow IAP Radio on social media by going to iaprradio.com. In a Pickle is now part of the Den Network. For more information, go to iaprradio.com. Is it a one-night stand, or do you hit it with a shovel, or take it home to mom and dad? It's like, fuck, marry or kill, it's Shag Snack Body Bag. It's like, fuck, or marry your mom, it's Shag Snack Body Bag. <laughs> right? Damn it. He's staring straight at Scotch, and just like, why did you do that, Scotch? Why did you do that? It's all right. Uh, and we we, we got to real quick talk about, I mean, the fact that uh, you just had a huge gig. We did. It's, Actually, uh, when a couple we weeks ago when you started the show, I had you turn down my overall volume because my ears are just ex- exploded from the other night because we have in-ear monitors and it was just fucking loud as shit on stage. And but it was great. We had a, a fantastic show and um, full yeah. house at Diamond. Was it sell out? Like door sold out and everything? Yeah. So it was over five hundred people, five hundred plus. However many we had a bunch of comps and people in. So crazy time. So much fun, and uh, we're hopefully going to do it again uh, coming up soon. So maybe even in October we're talking about. Love it. So. It was really fun. So if you all missed it, just trust me. You don't want to miss. They put on a hell of a show. It was a blast. People were dancing. People were enjoying the great beers at Dying Breed. Um, and it, it just has it has a fun feel to it because you, you're kind of right there. The stage is in front, and it kind of like just goes back like you're at like a, a little small venue in like the city or something like right. that. It just kind of feels like one of those like really intimate, fun shows where you're right there well, at, and, at the stage. You know, anybody who, who doesn't know who we are or hasn't seen it, one of our shows, I, I did mention this earlier. You know, we, we play our original stuff, you know, because there's a lot of people there to see, you know, what we've what we've done. 
But then the second half is like just a fucking party and just covers. Tell them the three songs. Uh, so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so how many bands do you know of that will basically have a 13-year-old who's <clears throat> our singer's daughter come out and sing Sia, Chandelier? An amazing version of it. Right. She killed it. She was amazing. And then we follow that with Sober by Tool going straight into Boot Scoot Boogie that looks and Dub. <laughs> <laughs> and then, then we went into freaking Uptown Funk. So it's just like, it's just fun. It was uh, great. People had a fucking great time and, and so it was a lot of fun. So. And just remember, this isn't just like some dudes in their garage that are like, hey, maybe we can play these songs and doing them poorly. They do every song, they do it as legitimate as possible yeah. and they're all talented musicians who have been playing music for um, just like say it. 70 years. Fucking yeah. asshole. Each. <laughs> Scott invented the bass drum. <laughs> oh, you, you almost got a, a, a spit take out of him. That would have been nice. That was close. <laughs> All right. So, folks, we are on to Shag Snag Body Bag for the movie Back to the Future. And uh, so, if we're going to be shagging things, this is something that you're like, I just, I, I really love this in the moment. And it's just something that made me feel really good. Got a little aggressive with it. So, what do you think? Who's shagging? What are you shagging? I'm shagging Marty's truck. Oh God, that truck! <laughs> so I, I I I loved that truck. Like I, I I saw that truck and I was like, "Yep, that's the coolest thing you could ever own." Especially if you could throw a sleeping bag in it and go with your girlfriend to the lake. <laughs> and so this is, you know, I probably saw that truck for the first time in let's go with like 1988 at the latest. Sixteen years later, as a full grown adult with children, I moved to Michigan had enough money to like buy a real vehicle and chose instead to buy like a 10 year old Toyota and learn to drive stick just so I could get a truck kind of like Marty's. You got, you got a truck like Marty's? Like a, a, a lifted Toyota with like the uh, stupid lights. I never got to see that. It was my, it was my first like, so dope. like kind of semi adult car purchase. And I was like, yeah, I want a 10 year old crappy Toyota that is like just I don't even know how to drive a stick, Jeff. It's stick, but it looked like Marty's, so I bought it. Did it have those light covers on it, the, the KC lights or oh, whatever? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Drove it around in the snow of Michigan for three years, almost crashing, just because I was like, yep, yeah, I look like Marty. It didn't, it didn't have four-wheel drive? Oh, yeah. Still, oh, I was going to say, okay. Yeah. yeah, in Michigan, it doesn't matter. Check out that <laughs> four by four. Um, so I, I am I wrong when I look at that card? Even I said it today in my living room as I was watching this. I was like... That truck still looks kind of hot for being a Dude. mid 80s. Like it looks oh. almost kind of modern, like has some sleek to it, which most trucks back then did not have whatsoever. They were very blocky. It was a great truck. I'd, <sighs> I'd drive I don't know. That truck. I'd drive that truck right now. No, it's it's definitely a thing. And if you look at like the new Tacomas with the TRD like packages on them, the, the people are putting lift kits on them and fucking the lights and the whole deal. Dude, it's still a thing. Yeah. Love there it. you go. That's that's a, that's a great shag. Appreciate that. Mm. Zach. <sighs> Just say it. <laughs> I don't want to say it, Brad. <laughs> You're like, let me think of a different sentence. <laughs> no, I really, 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 and I just, I can't say it enough. Fucking Huey Lewis mm. is so dope. Yeah. The news, or uh, the, the sports album 
is just front to back, just banger after banger after banger. Um, I think somebody was saying that like the the whole intro with Power Love and he's fucking skitching on the skateboard and all that is just it's fucking cool and you think like I mean I don't know I look at it now and I don't think like Marty McFly like looks super cool but like at the time I was like this is a, he's like that's like the epitome of cool is like the, oh, the yeah. whole thing right um, and, the, and all the way through where like the girlfriend he's talking to the girlfriend she comes back gives him the the number. And it's like I love you, yeah. the number and whatever. And she and, she leans down and kisses him. His yeah. life's going and, fucking and, and great. And immediately jumps back into power of love. Yeah, and so I'm like, that's the oh, power. Oh, like it, it just yeah. yeah. The sense, just everything. I think I think I think it's great. I, I, I'm a big big Huey Lewis guy. I saw him oh, yeah. at the at the celebrity golf tournament. Fucking weird looking dude. <laughs> I didn't realize. I was like, I thought he would look different than he did. But yeah. anyways, we, we should have talked about it ahead of time and, and put out that how bad can we ruin this movie with different songs because. Man, there's a lot like a different scenes. You could play some really just corny stuff, and Huey Lewis is just that right '80s band for the job. Yeah, agreed. I have more to say about that in a little bit. Okay, um, I'm gonna jump into the shag. <clears throat> it's kind of an obvious one for me. <sighs> Leia Thompson. Yeah, she was my everything. The '80s. <laughs> she oh, was my. I hear you. She was my. I mean, top of the pyramid, fucking number one crush, and dude. Space Camp was a movie. Oh yeah. That, oh, she was so cute in that. Actually, uh, Kelly Preston was, I think, in that. As oh, well. she was. And so, uh, Space Camp, cheesy great, movie. It's a great but, movie. Yeah. And then um, I literally watched Howard the Duck because she was in it, and that movie's awful. Well, how are we not mentioning that she was full frontal well, in all the right moves? I was gonna mention that because I didn't know that at the time. Doesn't she have sex with a duck though? In Howard the Duck, yes. yeah. Okay, I'm, yeah. we don't want to skip that over yeah, that either. Yeah. It's pretty. It's NC seventeen. So the, she got duck I didn't, fucked. I didn't know about all the right all the right moves back in the day. Like I learned about that much, much, much later. If I would known back in, when I was at my you know formative years, I'd be out of cum. You would have exploded. <laughs> you would have exploded. You'd have spent it all yeah. and just been. At this point. You'd have retired yeah. it at yeah. about 16. Yeah, that's true, though. They yeah. say, like, women have, like, a certain amount of eggs for, like, their whole life. Like, right. you only have a certain amount of cum. Yeah, but <laughs> if, if I knew about Leah Thompson and all the right movies being full you frontal. You would have ran through all 80s, that shit. And, she, and, she, <laughs> and she's beautiful in that, too. Uh, yeah, like, it's fantastic. just, it's fire yeah. all the way around. Anyway. <laughs> I'm with you. I mean, she's, she's. And. I actually just in this. I saw her in person, uh, but much, 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 much later when I was living in LA, and I was on a on a hike, and she was just randomly walking down. Did the you hike. did you lose it? Did you I fall down the I mountain? didn't say shit, um, and I just walked past. She her. Tripped like, and oh, fell. Shit, that was Leah Thompson. Oh, shit. You should have said something. I later. know, but I could. You know what I what I saw, thought of this last time? Uh, maybe I should save this for alternate early ending. But I felt like the scene at the dinner table where she puts his, her hand on his leg right. was the precursor to wedding crashes under the table. Uh, somebody watched that. And was like, he's like, "I'm gonna take this up another level." Uh -huh. Yeah, nice. I love that. And it's like, you should have said something because you know, <laughs> women women love being alone on a hike in the right. woods and just random men coming up, yeah, totally. fucking talking. <laughs> she would have been super flattered. <laughs> right. All right, my shag is uh, in. in I got chills from this, and this is this is truth. So there's a uh, there's been a lot of shitty spinoffs of Back to the Future. Like I said, the cartoon. There was some really early Nintendo games that were absolute dog shit. Like they basically just had some other game and just kind of threw like a Back to the Future like shine over it, right. and and it didn't make any sense. 
But in the early 2010s, there was a game uh, done by Telltale Games, Back to the Future, the video game. I've heard about that. Written, and the story was was uh, 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 assisted by Bob Gale, um, and it, it has all the music. Uh, it has uh, Christopher Lloyd's voice. Um, they did a special edition in 2015 where they actually have Biff Tannen's voice, so, so he came back. But here's the thing. The star of that thing is a kid named A.J. Locasio. AJ Locasio does the voice for Marty McFly, and it is so spot on, it's like scary. And again, you were talking about Deja Vu earlier. I feel like I felt I've talked about this on the pod before. Well, are, is Telltale games? Those aren't really video games, right? They're, they're like almost they're like story comics. Games, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like it's like an interactive comic. puzzle yeah. game where you kind of it's, it's. But you're it's, not like controlling the character. Really. Th- this one's more similar to like a, a, a some of the old like uh, Lucas Films game, like uh, uh, Maniac Mansion, where it's like you have to solve a puzzle. Like right. I need to take this object and this object, put them like together. Mist. It's and almost you, like a choose-your-own-adventure, like the kind whole books of, kind yeah. of in a way, too. Kind of. But, but I will say the opening, because they did it in episodes. It was like five episodes. And the first episode kind of recreates the, the Twin Pines Mall scene. And it's doing it like spot on for a second. And it's like right word for word. And then all of a sudden it starts to venture. And Doc starts disappearing. He goes, I've done something terribly wrong. Yeah. And all of a sudden you just like, you're Body! like. And you're like, oh <laughs> shit! Like I got chills, like because it's so yeah. it's so true to the movie with the music, with everything about it. So, uh, the the Back to the Future video game, it's available like on the Switch, like it on on PlayStation, any of those uh, devices, computers. It's probably hella cheap right now. Right. If you have any love for Back to the Future, it is worth playing uh, at least the first couple episodes because it, it goes back to the 1930s. And it, it, but it does it recreates some of the the same beats that you love from the movies. So. And somebody showed like I don't know if it was you or your brother or, or Keith or somebody like actually like played a clip of the guy the actor who played uh, Marty McFly and that voice acting is really really it's it's you think tremendous. it's Michael J. Fox yeah it, really, it is it is legit so I'm shagging the Back to the Future video game. Uh, what are you snagging, Zach? I am snagging, and we, we, we touched it earlier, and it's sort of generic, but I really like it, and they've done it a bunch of times since then. I love what you do in the past is going to affect what happens in the future, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it's like inherent to, to these to these things, but like I think that this was the first time that I saw it where I was like, where I was like oh, that's really cool. And they, they do it over and over throughout the three movies. And, uh, and I, I just, the concept of it is really wild and you can really, really get into it. And like the whole like concept of the butterfly effect and all of that shit, um, is, is just fucking cool, man. Makes me, uh, makes me love, I mean, time manipulation in a movie is like one of my favorite story devices ever and they do sure. a pretty good job of the rules here right yeah, like they, they, yeah. The, there's not you know some i think some films really screw that up or just make ambiguous choices without being intentional about the ambiguity and this one i think you know that you can always criticize right like, yeah because there's not enough time to go into the like full logical consequences but they do a pretty good job both being simple but like wide-reaching and interesting well just the, just the simple change from from Twin Pine Mall to, to Lone Pine. Exactly. You right. Know? Yeah. And, and that's something that I know I never saw the first dozen times I saw the movie. And then finally one, I was like, holy shit, there's only one pine now. And and he, because you don't, you don't really, I, I, this, I honestly, on this last watch, it was the first time I heard 
the farmer guy say, my pot, you ran over my pine. Yeah. <laughs> I'd never noticed that before, ever. Yeah. But I knew about the, the him There's running over the pine. a lot of things like that. Yeah. You know, I also, like, one part that kind of fucked me up when you guys mentioned it earlier, you said that there was, like, a dock, like... Actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about that later. I'm sorry. Go ahead. On, on that same note, like I seen I've seen this movie. I don't know how many times. Probably it, it might be the movie I've seen the most in my life. Um, but uh, there was we had the subtitles on when we were watching it today. And when he's talking about the DeLorean the first time, Marty sees it and he's like, "Is, is that a DeLorean?" He's like, "Hold on, no, no, no," and then it keeps talking. And then he starts to say, "Is that a Devo?" He's talking about the suit. Like, "Is that a Devo suit?" Okay. And Doc stops him. But in the subtitles, you can't really tell what he says when he says it. But on the subtitles, it says, "Is that a Devo?" And then like it's like dot dot dot. So I was like, "Oh, he's talking about Devo because it looks like the Devo suits that they wore right. in, in their Whippet video." Right. Um, Nate, snag. I mean, I, it's hard to imagine snagging anything. Other than Marty McFly, man, with Michael J. Fox. I mean, mm-hmm. he's I I agree with the earlier take that that this is still a hit movie even with Eric Stoltz, but he's so good, not just in terms of being sort of charming and charismatic in the delivery, but something I think that you can't overestimate with respect to some of what we talked about earlier, which is there's some characters really hamming it up, right? There's some characters really going full out. The physical acting for uh, here, which is something oh, yeah. that you don't see in a lot of the other roles that he has. I mean, you know, I, I guess, you, you know, Teen Wolf, okay. But after this in his career, it's not like there's like tons of huge physical acting, you know, demands. And certainly Family Ties didn't have that. The physical comedy that he displays in this movie is so important for the movie and so perfectly done by him. And not just in the sort of like over the top stuff where he's in the manure chase, which is which is great, but like even sort of the you know how dramatically he pops up out of a yeah. seat in the in the diner when when right. Biff hops up, right? It's like there's these little kind of subtle things that that match the the what could be really overpowering, you know. Acting, physical acting of some of the other characters that make this whole thing work for me. Hey, at five four, he actually convinces you that he's ready to swing on Biff he to- in the to- cafeteria. He, he, he yeah. totally I mean, does. He, he matches the physicalness in a weird way, even though he's a, a very right. small person. Exactly, yeah. it's so, kind of wild. So anyway, I, I think Michael J. Fox is pure gold. He's a national treasure. I, I love actually. when he's when he's in the barn and and like then he falls backwards and like just like <laughs> yeah, simple great little, little pratfall. Yeah. And, his, and his, like the hood comes down on his yep. face, and it's just like. Yeah. It's all so well done that you like see it and you don't see it at the same time. I like how aggressively he shifts when he's he's getting chased by the Libyans. Like he just a lot of aggressive <laughs> yeah. shifting at weird times. Like yep. well, you know, and there's and there's uh, even, even the last <laughs> when he's running up down the street to, to do the lightning, whatever. Like he hits those pedals and the shifting. Like his, feet. I think he goes through like it. seven gears. He's or like something. he's like he's got the pedal down. All of a sudden he's like he slams the pedal uh, down uh, even no, harder. No, that's a, that's actually a foot actor. That does right. that. <laughs> it's a foot double. Uh, uh, all right, Scotch, what you got snagged? So if I'm going to snag something, I got to snag Alan Silvestri and, and the score. And, and, and it's just, and a question I wanted to bring up to you guys is if you combine the, the music score with the Huey Lewis music, is this like an all-timer? I think so. I've listened to the soundtrack 
probably more than any other movie soundtrack I ever had. But again, it's it's, it's all from my love for the movie. But the, it's such a great soundtrack right. that you know the beats in the and that's what that's yeah. what a good soundtrack can do. It's like where it reminds you of the beats of the movie. Right. I would be listening to it and in my head, like just thinking, I could see the movie as I'm right. watching it, or like or a little a little reveal happen. It's like ding, like little that yeah. little weird little thing happens in the background, like these little so small subtle. sound effects. Yeah, yes. so good. But yeah, then you combine it with these amazing. I was songs. just gonna say, I mean, it's rare for a movie to have both a great score and a great soundtrack right. at mm-hmm. this level. Right, because obviously you got John Williams and Star Wars. Okay, amazing soundtrack. But I'm saying you add in the music. So like Top Gun is another one where it's an amazing soundtrack, but with Kenny Loggins, you know, added to it. So that would kind of be in the conversation yeah. of a great com- combo. Score soundtrack. Score soundtrack. So. But I mean, even with the issues that you have with the Johnny B. Good scene, like it's still pretty fucking cool. And at yeah. the time so really you thought cool. it was really cool when you were young, right? Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah oh, exactly. Yeah. All right, my my snag, and I kind of set myself for last here, is it's just all the joy that this franchise has brought me. Because, uh, uh, like I said, my movie, uh, my family, we we consider this like our movie. I'm, I'm talking about like growing up with my brother and, and my my parents, and it's just like my mom um, every year at Christmas when she's doing like her baking, like her Christmas baking, like for like cookies and things like that. She will watch that trilogy probably a good three or four times like it just it's it's in, in rotation Dude, through december if i stop by my mom's house she's probably watching one of the three movies so is your take that this is a christmas movie is that what we're saying yeah yeah completely <laughs> completely I agree, christmas. I totally, I totally agree with that love that but yeah. no this is her christmas movie which is awesome because like i mean you ask my mom what her christmas movie she's gonna say back to the future oh, and it has wow. nothing to do with it being a christmas movie it's just what she watches her comfort while uh, uh during the holidays so uh, yeah, I just, I love this movie with a passion. It's, it's so, it brings out just the best emotions in me. And I, there's nothing that I can think about that, that pisses me off about it. And even like nitpicking it is fun because it's just, it there's is. so many little things and you can do that with any movie. But, uh, yeah, I, I, this movie has given me a ton of joy and I'm, and I'm happy for that. So thank love you it. Zemeckis at all who uh, created this thing. Now body bag. I just want a really quick body bag all the uh, the well actually types when it comes to like a good time travel movie because I do like a good time travel movie. Right. We're, we're going to talk about that next week and and time travel is is a fun concept um, but just shut the fuck up like inconsistencies <laughs> are part of the fun like I don't care Brad, if like well this or this you that are the ultimate fucking nitpicker about <laughs> shit like this <laughs> I love One that you're like detail, don't talk about back like, to this the future not when it comes to time travel <laughs> time travel like let's just let time travel like, because otherwise we people won't make time travel for no reason at all people won't make let's, time travel movies if they're always getting ripped apart so let's just let so them happen funny, dude. <laughs> unbelievable <laughs> that's just my take you know and that's okay. that's how i feel about this so, <laughs> so kind of kind of off that, what i'm gonna do is hey. talk about a little something it's a term uh called refrigerator logic and so refrigerator logic is, is a term that uh, a lot of people say that alfred hitchcock kind of coined and what it is is like you go to see a movie and then you go home at night you get up in the middle of the night and th- this was actually mentioned in the um the Kevin Pollack book, he, he, he mentions how they talk about this a little bit too, uh, how I slept my way to the middle, which is a great audiobook. If you've listened to our pod, you've heard me say it like 15 times now. Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, but refrigerator logic is like, you get up in the middle of the night, you're going to make a snack, you go to the refrigerator and all of a sudden like, like, wait a minute. And you think about the movie and something like just doesn't make sense. And like I said, watching this now as an adult, you see a lot of this shit. You're like, wait, what about this? And then you start nitpicking this stuff. And 
I just, I honestly am body bagging the fact that I fucking have to have this thought as I'm watching this, this dozenth time or whatever I'm watching it. And like, I wish I can just go back and just not think about all the little things that don't make sense anymore. Like, you know, so when he runs out of, when he first goes back in time and he says plutonium low and the car won't start, he has to push it. Well, how'd they get it to go to get him to go up to 88 down the road later to get, to, to reach the lightning? They pushed you, it with the train. No, no, no. no. He's talking about just in, 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 in so, the first but, part because so, he's, he's trying to start it. It's going like maybe he was also out of gas. I don't know. So those are the, those are the things that you think about now <laughs> that I wish I didn't have to. So I'm kind of like body bagging myself, not having to think it's about been a while shit. since one of us body bagged ourselves. I, I know. like that. So, I like that. And, you know, or, or the little things like another one I, I mentioned was like, okay, Lorraine, she likes the name Marty, you know, w- w- at, right after the dance or whatever. Okay. She likes the name Marty so much. They had a son before they had Marty. Why didn't they name him Marty if they liked it so much? Uh, there was some family tradition that they had to name <laughs> the first <laughs> son. But these are the stupid things Dave, you think about. And, and, and so I, I just wish I didn't have to. So <laughs> anyway, there you go. So, so their second choice. They, there was some other guy, Dave, later on in college <laughs> right. that was super cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess you could body bag like uh, like Lorraine, who's this this bad girl chick, like freaking getting with and staying with the nice guy. That shit doesn't happen. Um, all right, <laughs> moving on. My body bag is without a doubt, and we talked about it. We we touched on it hard earlier. And it's, I had a hard time not talking about it. Skitching, dude. So skitching. There is nothing cooler than hanging onto the back of a car and watching somebody skitch and they're hella good at skateboarding and they're fucking doing all these tricks and they're going hella fast. I remember I was probably 19. I think I was a freshman in college. My girlfriend, now my wife, had an old Camry and I was skateboarding in front of my parents' house and she was going somewhere, going to work or something and she like kind of drove up next to me, said goodbye, and then I went around and grabbed the back of her car, and I'm holding on, and she's going, I don't know how fast she was going, maybe 20, maybe 25, I don't know. And I'm holding on, and I'm doing great, and I'm like, faster, faster. <laughs> and she sort of hits the gas to like speed up, and I immediately get a speed wobble, and I fell so fucking hard oh my god dude shorts t-shirt oh no i fucking lost all the skin off of this arm all the skin off of this arm both knees were completely shredded my fucking calves were shredded i have to go back into my parents house like mom (laughs) fucking just bleeding everywhere dude and uh this is the story how his wife went into nursing yeah (laughs) dude just just absolutely destroyed myself for a long time like i remember having these like just huge scabs up my Uh, whole arms and freaking uh i always attribute that to like my wife's love of picking scabs because she freaking (laughs) picked those scabs for years i feel like but anyways dude kids don't sketch don't hang on to the back of cars (laughs) or do it at reasonable speed I mean, just don't even do it. Just don't do it. <laughs> just don't do it. Especially That's if you're amazing. not that good at skating like I am. Is there anything worse than that 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 speed wobble feeling, though, where it's just like all of a sudden you're like, oh. Your stomach immediately falls out of your asshole. You're like, <laughs> oh, shit. Boom. Oh, dude. I fell so hard on the ass. Oh, it's terrible. Oh, man. Anyways. Nate. How's my body back? It's like Lieutenant Dan's story. So there's one, there's one scene in this where I think the overacting hurts the scene, and it's early. So I think that the the scene between 
Marty's dad and Biff. Biff, okay. He comes home, and the truck's wrecked. It's like one of the it's 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 and it's not even it's like everything. It's the acting. It's the writing. It's it's like you see Crispin Glover being too Crispin Glover, like he's at eleven and he needs to be at like a nine in that scene. And and Biff is sort of like I don't know. There's something about it that that I watching it this time especially, I was like this doesn't doesn't set it up properly because they they seem too cartoonish there. And I think if you can get make it just like slightly more relatable in that scene, everything else plays better. Like because it's it's almost like I think it's almost like neither of them grows up at all, and they get actually even like more immature and sort of like silly as they get older in that version of the universe. Mm -hmm. And I don't like that. Like I want to see them sort of like be the adult versions of themselves, even if it's still pretty terrible. Biff does have some great lines in that, that scene though. <laughs> I have your car towed all the way over here and all you have for me is a light, light beer. beer. <laughs> oh no, there's, there's some great, I mean, you know, it's, this is, this Who's is going to this. I spilled beer all over me when that guy hit me or when that girl hit me. <laughs> this is a nip. I mean, like most of it's still gold, but there's a something about the like early part of that scene. Like, you know, I don't know. George is just like crazy, just freaking out, like, <laughs> like losing it. You know, I don't know, Biff. I, uh, He's uh, like shiny. shiny. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, man. I don't know. Anyway, Get that's my your damn hands off of her. <laughs> anyway, well, the, the funny thing is when you when, uh, when you see Tom Wilson in the interviews, he's a very like mild mannered, like like mm -hmm. very like. I'm not gonna say effeminate, but he's just like he's very like not Biff at all. Like he's very much an actor and and just seems very quiet and calm as a real person. So look up his uh he does almost like stand up with a guitar. Huh. He has like a whole like comedy routine that he does around people asking him about Biff and to do Biff and like mm -hmm. his whole life revolves around fucking Biff. Um it's pretty funny. They said he used to have a, a, a little card he would give people. It's basically like frequent ask questions. Like basically he's had so many people asking questions. That <laughs> he, has a, he has a whole list of things that he just hands it to him. He's like, hey, why don't you That's check basically out the whole bit of his song. It's like, <laughs> I get the same 10 questions every day. All right. We're going to be back with the next segment. Crackle, Pluto, HBO, Bananame on Crunchyroll, Peacock, Hulu, Disney, Netflix, Doobie, Slink TV, all right, it's our time where we're going to tell you uh, a movie that this movie makes us uh, think about. Something that's related. Maybe it's not related. Maybe just, you know, whatever. Um, so uh, I'm going to start this off just because I don't want it to get stolen. Uh, and, you know, time travel or, or, or playing with time, I like a lot of those movies. And I've seen quite a few of them. And, and I really enjoy most of them. So I'm going to go ahead and say one of my movies that is uh, uh, it's been recommended here before. Edge of Tomorrow, Tom Cruise, and... Um, Emily Blunt. Emily Blunt. And they are not exactly time travelers, but they definitely have some manipulation of time. And it turns into a crazy uh, alien war scene. And uh, it's a badass movie. Definitely checked it out. On a list of most surprising movie that I went into really knowing nothing, kind of just bored on a Saturday or whatever. And at the end of it, I was like, holy shit, this movie's amazing. Yeah, I loved it. It was super entertaining, super fun. Surprise hit, and supposedly they have a second one coming out, but I don't know. I don't know how they're going to do it. Yeah, who knows? All right, Nate, what you got? So, oh, and I'm sorry, that's on Max. On the now, it is now Max. Cinemax. It's not HBO it's on Max. Cinemax? Cinemax. Skinemax. Okay, cool, great. 
You got to go in the Skinamax section for it. And that's where you find it. <laughs> Nate, what you got? Give me a quick cut pause here. Scotch, what you got? Uh, I'm not going to go with the time travel theme on this one. I'm going to go with Michael J. Fox. If you like Michael J. Fox, which if you don't in this movie, then what the hell's wrong with you? Because he's amazing. I would just be surprised if you got through the pod this far and like we're like, man, I still hate Michael J. Fox. It'd <laughs> just be weird. <laughs> no. I don't know what I think about you. I, I love this movie. It's super fun. Um, Doc Hollywood. And um, you who's know, his co-star in that? So... Um, the so the, the the girl I'm blanking on her name um, was in Tommy Boy was was Tommy Boy's um, oh, love the, interest yes yes yeah yes, yes. so she's in it um, and it, just a bunch of other actors that you've seen in a bunch of stuff and a really cute movie he ends up he's he's heading to Beverly Hills to be a, a like a plastic surgeon ends up crashing into a fence and ends up having to work off his time in this small little town and uh, hijinks and shenanigans ensue and it's also on. The Max. Max. So stupid. Whatever. So I uh, I know I, I, I know that for a lot of my our listeners, I stand as kind of a rom-com beacon in the night. <laughs> and I feel like... <laughs> That's exactly what I think. Slash sci-fi legend. Yeah. So <laughs> I, uh, I feel like people are going to... You know, the, the obvious thing to do here is to recommend About Time, which I've talked about on this film, this movie. Before, uh, this, uh, is that the one before. where Keanu Reeves gets the letters in the mailbox? Yep, that's the lake house. And then, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so in About Time, oh, damn, I didn't even think about the fact that, Right? Uh, <laughs> in About Time, uh, which is a really, really great movie, um, Rachel McAdams and some other dude with red hair, kind of do this time travel thing and you should definitely watch that but what i'm going to do is follow scotty over there and say you really do need to follow the the fox train okay um, i'm interested to see because i had a second choice I'm gonna here jump just a couple of years ahead beyond uh, doc hollywood and i'm going to say that this real sleeper if you haven't seen it you have to watch which is for love or money okay where he's like a concierge at a hotel and like that part of it's super fun. He does these mm -hmm. cool concierge things and then he uh, ends up dating Gabrielle on where on war. Good for him. Very cute. Good so him. what, what kind of cool <laughs> concierge things can some a con a concierge do? Like one of my favorite moves in the movie, right? Is like he, he goes and he hooks this dude up. Like he, this, this husband needs to get a white gift for his wife. And so he kind of like, hooks him up with the with the watch and you know does his concierge thing and the guy you know is like tries to tip him but he doesn't really know what he's supposed to be doing and he's like just hold on to your money don't confuse yourself with these small sums just you know see if i'm worth it and then if i am at the end give me you know like write me a check so big that like it feels like you're passing a gallstone or something like that <laughs> and it's like such a great line but there's this like you know he has that like swagger of like a killer concierge okay so it has that fun element the hotel element of it uh kind of feels a little bit like in the, the hotel from home alone 2 or something like you just have that in fact it might be um set in the basically the same one so anyway i love that we're romanticizing concierges yeah, yeah i was gonna say yeah. <laughs> i mean serious question is there concierge school or is this just like people that are just good hooking people up like they were like the they were the dude i can get you whatever you need like in high school yeah. like oh he's you, like, you he, need to get some hair i, I can he, get he was like the drug dealer in high school that figured out how to like get tickets to you know operas and stuff <laughs> um you know, I, you know it's crazy I've, I've never seen that movie but i remember seeing something and it might have been like on entertainment tonight or something or one of those shows back in the day and I remember hearing that they were going to call that movie The Concierge. But then they realized that nobody knows what the fuck a concierge is. 
you know, or a lot of people didn't, and so they ended up changing it for the love of money. Instead, they call it Spaceman from Apollo. I, w- I would have <laughs> the been the guy that gets Pluto. you stuff <laughs> from Pluto. <laughs> the guy that gets you stuff. I would have been a concierge, but I, just, I don't think I could hack it. Yeah. It's not my gig, you know what I mean? Well, Instead, I had to be half a cop. So anyway, that's my. The bad news is that on my Just Watch app, it's literally available nowhere in no format. So good. Nice luck recommendation. It. All right, check YouTube. It's the only place you can find it is in Nate's DVD selection that he sold a couple of weeks. Actually, I think oh, I still can. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I have three. The first one. Wait, wait, what? I've got three streaming recommendations. Am I allowed? You know that this category calls for only one. No, there's three. <laughs> So they, these these are all it all makes sense. Uh, Back to Future One. I love two. I love time travel movies and the time travel device. So I'm gonna go two movies that are both really good. They're both available on Tubi. All right. If anybody's Tubiing out there, um, you can Tubi up Looper starring Bruce Willis mm. and. 12 Monkeys, starring Bruce Willis. Both have really cool, really trippy stories, really good special effects. I really like both those movies. So you should check both of them out. Not really in the same vein as Back to the Future, like tone is Back to the Future, but very cool. Um, The last one is one that I started watching. It's a TV series that we're not quite caught up on yet. I think we still are like a season behind, uh, but there's a bunch of seasons and uh, my wife and I started watching this show and it's Outlander on stars. Oh, yep, yep, yep. Great movie to watch with your wife. Uh, very like lots of sex scenes. Like there's some, there's some insane, like it, it goes off the rail. Like at the end of the first season, it goes off the rails so spectacularly and, and, and amazing to where like, you have to keep watching because it's just like, what the fuck is happening? But it's basically this woman who is a nurse in World War II and somehow figures out a way to get into this like old like witch circle in the woods in Scotland and goes back to like the Scottish fighting the, the when the English are trying to f- take over Scotland. Like Braveheart days? Yeah, exactly. Um and it's fucking, it's, it's really good. Honestly, it's really good. Some of it's really tough to watch. Like it gets super heavy. Some of it's super light, very sexy show. Based Check on a bunch out. of books that my, my yep. wife yep. has read. And it's on stars. She liked, she liked the show. Yeah, it's very good. So check it out. Three recommendations. That's crazy. Sorry, dude. I'm fucking full of information over here. <laughs> no jet watch for Maverick mixed up on that goose stick. Iceberg list Titanic, Leo's drawing that nude shit. Jim fucks Nadia like we all thought he should. Ricky and Doughboy get the fuck out the hood. Luke hooks up with Leia just like he's intending. It's time for a reshelf and alternate endings. All right, folks, we're on to reshelf and alternate endings. So we can either, uh, you know, choose a new style for this movie or we can just change the ending however we want. Um, and we already. We already kind of mentioned it, and, and you know, you could obviously ruin this movie really quick. Like, if all of a sudden Marty just like, damn, my mom's kind of hot, and like she's actually kind of <laughs> cool. She likes drinking. She likes. Sm- God, what, what am I doing? Like, 
<clears throat> Maybe he accidentally, like, you know, just kind of, oh, the engine didn't start. Sorry, Doc. But if you go by Back to the Future rules, he if he bangs her mom, he would have disappeared as soon as he came. Right? Oh, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's a hilarious ending. <laughs> Talk about and a fucking great just, orgasm. They go to like a he very, just fucking just, comes and disappears. They go to a very heavy, like, sex scene, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> Rice, he blows his load. Like, he just... <laughs> That is uh, damn. Yep. So so I think that like you could reshelf this movie into a like dark thriller pretty easily. I think that there's like that foreshadowing at the very beginning of the movie. I've been thinking about it since y'all mentioned it. The that there's like a little thing with like a little guy hanging on the clock arm in Doc's mm-hmm. uh, office, right? So obviously that's probably like just kind of their clever foreshadowing. But to me, that says that like. Doc's already played this scenario out like a lot of times, right? I mean, if he has a time machine, he could have possibly done this a million times just trying to find the right combination of shit. So, I mean, you could do like where, you know, it kind of plays out and plays out and then you sort of something happens to where you sort of start to discover like this sinister side. Like, of, like Doc is actually doctor. trying to get Marty to erase himself or something. Exactly. Like, some sort of, yeah. like or, some, he has some sort of nefarious, like uh, something that he's like doing this over and over to try and make something happen for himself. And well, yeah, Doc is now, why does he have a mansion and all this uh, exactly. money for equipment? He's just been slowly like trying to build himself up. So he's becoming 100%. like more famous and more. Yeah. No, I kind of like that. I, like I that. think that would be cool. Yeah. And then you find out that he's like not as friendly cool old guys you thought he doesn't have to be like a pedophile or anything super creepy but he's just like super like you know kind of evil and you find out like some terrible shit that he's done in the past that to like make give himself some comeuppance in the future you know well there's also an alternate ending that that we didn't talk about as far as uh when those libyans crash into the photo booth and they're they're their van just flips over. I'm not right. assuming that anybody died in that accident. They still have an AK-47 and an RPG. They they basically, like, Marty shows up again instantly. Did they just, like, lay there and just, like, are they knocked unconscious? Did they die? Like, I mean, is that what we're assuming? Because it's a terrible ending. If all of a sudden they come yeah. walking back to the RPG and he's having a loving moment, like, Doc shows off the uh, the bulletproof vest. And That's right. RPG, yeah. boom. <laughs> I almost like the alternate the alternate universe where Doc is like they're they're not even they're fucking actors that he has hired to do Just this to because it's like Marty. all part of like Doc's plan, you know. Okay. So I like the idea of taking like pushing it just one step further than it goes, which is to make it a little bit dark. So Marty's like psyched. He goes into the house and, you know, everything's sort of, you know, his his parents are way different. His brother's way different. And you kind of get this air of like superiority from him now. I want to see that. I want to see George be just a real dick to, to Biff. So like, Instead of him being kind of like, now Biff, you know, kind of mild-mannered. Uh-huh. Don't make he, me punch you again. I, I want him to go up and like be like, hey, Biff, what's that on your shoe? And then just fucking whack him upside Duck the tap. chin. Right. <laughs> just be like, <laughs> I told you to wax that car. You're going to wax it again, aren't you, Biff? And kicks him in the ass. Starts you know, throwing just, racial slurs at him yeah, and shit. Just real like raw. And all of a sudden, Marty's like. Oh shit! Like this, <laughs> what have I done? What have I done? Created a monster, and he just goes. He goes for the time machine again to go back and just. He needs to fix things. And right. He goes and bangs his mom, and then disappears. <laughs> 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 uh, oh oh man! Stuff. I love it. Well, I mean, there's there's also 
one other aspect that could happen. Yeah, the Libyans get out of their van. <laughs> they fly over. They fly over there, don't need weapons at all. Doc's all stoked, like, hey, I got a bulletproof vest. And they're like, I'll just eat your neck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're vampires? I forgot all about this shit. We didn't do it last week, so I back, forgot all about back, it. Back to the future till dawn. <laughs> back to the future till dawn. Oh, shit. You think the Livians would be the vampires? Obviously. I think it's definitely Doc. And that's like part of the fact that he's oh. been going back and forth and back and forth. Right. And he actually oh, became a vampire because he went back to like fucking it, interview with the vampire time and it, like got bit back then and then came back. It also makes a lot of sense because he's kind of a night owl. Exactly. Right? You know? He like, yeah. he's all, you know, come hang out at 115. Yep. What would you didn't fall asleep, did you? Super pale. I'm a vampire. Yep. Oh, man. I like that better. Can you imagine Although, telling your parents, hey, uh, you know that, that six-year-old guy I've been hanging out with? He wants me to meet him at the mall um, at one fifteen in the morning. So He's been staring okay? longingly at my neck. He says I shouldn't <laughs> tell anybody, but I thought I would just tell you guys just you know, just in case. All right, honey. You're like, okay, fine. Just take your skateboard. Grab it. Grab it. <laughs> just grab the back, of, grab a the back of a car. And <laughs> make sure you do it safely, though. All right. Well, well, folks, uh, I'm very stoked that we finally got to Back to Future. It was well-deserving. It could have been uh, our lead-off episode. It could have been in any of the first episodes, but we saved it for a while. And uh, will we ever do Back to Future 2 and 3? I'm, I'm very interested to find out. I, I think that there's a chance we could do 2. Okay. I, I think 3 is really good, but I think two's the one that's the more interesting choice. It's interesting uh, because I, I know I watched it when it came out. And I haven't watched it from start to finish since. I think I'm and I've, true. And I've too. tried to watch it, and I haven't gotten through it. Three or two? Two. Oh, two. Oh, wow. So two oh. so good. So, dude, I still love two. You love Leah Thompson? Like, her prosthetics and, like, makeup that they put her in in two <laughs> is fucking oh, insane. Yeah. I do like I, Yeah, I do like it. <laughs> it's not very realistic. So, so like, it could, it could be fun. These, these things yeah <laughs> <laughs> they like made them they made them terrible on purpose it's fucking great so, so next week though we get to draft yes sir uh, and we, we're, we're gonna bring a special guest who has uh has not been on this pod in like a hundred and something episodes they they've they were an og on the pod and they're gonna be make their triumphant return to talk about the most memorable time travel devices or machines yeah so uh brush up on your fucking time travel Tell what? all your friends about us. Buy tickets to the fucking Catalina Wine Mixer on August 12th. August 12th. State, the Theater. State Theater. That's a Saturday night, so you've got nothing to do. Get your ass over there because we're going to be eating and drinking and... We're going to uh, host, do some trivia, maybe. Silliness. Putting balls on drums. You know, all, all the good things that you're <laughs> hoping for on a Saturday night might just happen that evening. So uh, uh, you should be there. Love it. Thanks for coming out. Bye-bye. Start!